Hey, wait a minute. I want to hear the white boy rap again. Oh, the hey, white boy rap. <laughs> 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 you ready to? Yeah, you want you want some one more rap? Watch you guys battle. You there you go, freestyle. Can you end it up with a freestyle between the two of you? <laughs> All right, quick. What's you going freestyle against Bullworth, son? <laughs> <laughs> well, you Bullworth. You throw out a rhyme and then you put you know you pass the mic to Chachi. I got the beat going. Ready? And then oh, um man. and then we'll do it. No beat necessary. No beat. All right, quick. One more rap. And then pass the mic to White Boy. Oh, you want me to say something? Yeah, one, like yeah uh, do one more rap and then say, <laughs> pass on the mic to Chachi. And, okay. then, and that, will cue, that will cue Chachi into, to rap and end the segment. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> to describe my rhyme, the verb is blended. Then I was K Crush and the adjective is splendid. I'm on the mic, your body will feel with hype. The educated MC, the intellectual type. I'm the hip hop king, the predator of rap. There's no doubt I'm the best of buddy. Give me some gap. I don't care if you're skinny or before a chub. My rhymes are obligated, make you feel like a scrub because I battle anybody with top choice. Grandma sets you up, beat you down like a 20 ton hammer. For all the fighting MCs that have tried to bite my rhymes, how many have died? If you try to battle K, you will get fried. You try to imitate my rhymes, probably Get I'm not trying to criticize, but be misled. You can't kill the noise because it's already dead. What time is getting short, so I gotta break. Can't be everlasting. My controller around creators, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's me. It's me. It's King Chachi. When I go to the bathroom, I like to pee. I once got stung by a dirty old bee. I like to know my ABCs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? Huh? The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. for another episode of btb below the belt in the mother effing house i'm your host al soto aka celebrity soto your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure we've got an amazing show from the tippy tippy top to the rock rock bottom guys uh let's go ahead and introduce another a smaller panel if you will um uh, we occasionally like to do the, the three-man panel three uh three-person panel if i Correct myself, um, yes. but you know, sometimes we sometimes we do a six man panel, six yeah. person panel. But I think they were scaling it down. So let's go ahead and introduce guys. That's right. Starting with the king of the eighties, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. Feels great to be back. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after week. another week, uh, we yeah. are here like clockwork. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and introduce as she accidentally changed her camera view. We might have seen something crazy. But nonetheless, we Damn. welcome to Below the Belt Show cosplayer extraordinaire, the one and the only Anna B. Welcome back to BTB. Hi. <laughs> and I was actually told your sister, tu hermano, might, might be joining us a little later in the program as well. Yeah, she said maybe. She really? might stop in if, if she's in the mood, right? <laughs> yeah. Lucky. <laughs> awesome. No, cosplayer, she never cosplays on our show, though. <laughs> well, did it? Did she not do Elsa one year? I did. I did. Yeah. Long not time. so long ago, actually. Yeah. But, you know, awesome. The um, Comic Cons closed down. This is the perfect chance for you to like showcase uh, some of your costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proximo vez, right? Yes. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, guys, as I said, an amazing show from top to bottom. Anna B, how you doing, first of all? It's been a minute since we've had you on B2B. I'm doing good. Much better. <laughs> much better, yeah? Yeah. Are you are you alluding to something when you say much no. better? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. She's much Oops. better because she's on the show now. That's why. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. better when they come on the BTB. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Since you mentioned uh, Comic-Cons, I did notice that the Pittsburgh Steel City Con is advertising their April Comic-Con. Still. They are, they're advertising it. It's, I think it's the first con I've seen that's actually that is actually advertising their con. They plan on going full steam ahead. Um, this could be the first con since everything shut down. In uh, March, I know they attempted to try to come back, um, but um, I don't know. We will see what happens um, um, as more more and more people are getting vaccinated. Um, maybe yeah, think, if they feel the numbers are going down, they can certainly have the Comic-Con. I think April's too soon. April's a little too soon. You know, like how are you going to get autographs and um, get uh, celeb photos? And um, you know, have to worry about COVID. We're going to have like stand six feet apart from the celebrity and get a picture. Might have to be the case unless they want to do some kind of social distancing type of. Uh... Oh man, I think I saw it online. They were going to do some kind of like green screen divider where they would be in a completely different room and they'd kind of like merge them. <laughs> uh, I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> no, like certain actors, you want to like go and hug them or like. Yeah. Right. Get your point five second um, interaction with a celeb. Yeah. For your hundred yeah. bucks. Who yeah. Would want, who would you want? Who you want to hug, Anna? The the cast of Supernatural. Oh, Supernatural! And wow. Too. The whole cast. The whole, the whole cast. cast. One big group cast. hug. Okay. The girls, right. the guys, all of them. <laughs> all right. Well, you heard that here first, guys. <laughs> Supernatural. Look at Anna B is looking for a big old. Well, they were, they were going to have their convention this year at the end of this year, so they changed it to next year. So I'll definitely be going to that. There you go. All right. Well, let's just let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed. Let's be optimistic that uh, that all that happens. We will see about this con in April. I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not, but we will certainly. Um... Yeah, once COVID twenty hits, then we're all screwed. Oh. COVID-20, Jesus, yeah. please. Please don't say that. <laughs> me, I, I, mean, don't, I don't want it. 
we already have COVID, what, 19, A, yeah. B, C, D, like all the variants. So, yeah, we don't need any more. Um, but uh, in all cases, lots of stuff going on in the world of entertainment. Um, but before we get to that, we have a, a special guest. Uh, we have an actor by the name of Sean Riggs. He's starring in a superhero film, an independent superhero film, which also stars R&B sensation Maya. Um, would have loved to have gotten Maya to join us as well, but we got the lead actor on Below the Belt show. Nice. Who plays Lazarus, and the title of the film is Lazarus. So we have Lazarus himself. Um, he's also a producer on the film. And, um, yeah, myself and Anna B, we got to check out the film today. It's very action-packed. Um, yeah. I'm, I was really impressed with what they were able to accomplish on an independent level. Um, some great acting. Um, some great veterans like uh, Costas Mandalore, who's been in Saw movies. Um, Adamo Palladino, um, he's in it as well. Uh, Nikki Michaud. Um, so, in addition to all that cast, Sean Riggs, who's actually been on You. On uh, Netflix, Chacha, I know you're a big fan of that show. Played one of the de- detectives. Okay. Um, yeah, Sean Riggs will be joining us on BTV, guys. But uh, and um, yes, at the end of the program, I have another interview uh, via our sister show. Click on this TV with the band The Sweet Remains. Um, one of the band members, Greg Naughton, is actually an actor in New York. He wrote a script, a semi-autobiographical film called the independence it's kind of loosely based on how the band got together there's some fictitious parts of it kind of like um the king of staten island with pete davidson for saturday night live that was kind of kind of a semi-autobiographical film so it's a very similar in that vein an excellent film and a great interview that we're going to play later in the program courtesy again of click on this tv um a great um show based on youtube they do a lot of facebook live videos um, and we support Click On This, and Click On This certainly supports Below the Belt show. So um, I'm happy to be a part of both shows. Um, so check that out a little later in the program. All right, guys. So let's talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment, guys. Um, so uh, we always start with movie news. So, yes, um, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York has actually um, given permission to reopen movie theaters on March 5th. This is the first time movie theaters will be open in um new york city so that's a big deal because i know other states like here in maryland and maybe even west virginia virginia i know have had theaters open for quite some time New York, one of the last major cities to have um theaters open but at 25 percent capacity starting on march 5th um, new yorkers can enjoy the cinema once again um i am really looking forward to some movies that are upcoming right now one of them is uh, Mortal Kombat. We saw the uh, trailer. It was freaking amazing. I w- I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I've been a fan of the game forever. Um, and the trailer, um, it's amazing because they actually did side-by-side photos of how ki- how cheesy some of the costumes of the 95 film looked. Yes. You com- when you compare it to the modern costumes of the 2021 film, and uh, you can see notable differences in the quality of the costuming um, of the characters, you know, um, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, all your favorite characters. Um, it's a Red Band trailer, if you haven't seen it. It's very, very violent. 
Um, either of you have ever played uh, Mortal Kombat, played the game, and or maybe even seen the '95 film back in the day? Yeah, that that was a great um, great video game back in the day. Um, one of the first real violent video games. Oh yeah, paved the way for like a lot of the other um, you know Grand Theft Auto games <laughs> right, right. that came after it. You know, like the whole fatality thing. Yeah, tried to um, you know try to figure out. Um, actually, the characters actually got my uh, window busted out in, in Baltimore before. Cause I had a couple of friends on Halloween going down to. And I'm sure you remember Fell's Point. Yeah, and that was the hot spot for Halloween. Um, right. Two of my friends dressed up as um, Scorpion and Sub Zero, and we're driving down um, Eastern Avenue here in Baltimore. How you get down to the city, and like there was a group of um, group of um, guys that are standing on the side um, by the movie theater, and my one friend yelled out the window like, "Come here, get over here!" Like the catchphrase from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, he's dressed up in the whole ninja outfit and stuff like that, right, and that's Scorpion. didn't think much yeah. about it, you know, just trying to show off his costume. And we get down trying to find parking down Falls Point, and um, super hard to find parking down there, especially on Halloween when it's packed. And we drove down the side street, and all of a sudden I see somebody come up on a bike behind me, and like had like a little like pipe thing in their back, and I was driving like a hatchback, and they hit the window and then shattered my whole entire back window of my car. So um, nice. And I thought for a second like, should I just like gun it and hit him with my car because <laughs> he was on a bike? <laughs> That would be a fatality. Went through my head real quick, and that I'm like, would no, be an I'll actual kill fatality. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'd probably kill him. And luckily, I thought better of that, you know, that split second decision, which you know, I probably would have still been in, in um, prison right now, but might have still been locked up, shot. Yeah, but you know, I, I got it repaired. But insurance covered it. But that's my um, Mortal Kombat story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody else has a a similar yeah, story in that day, so that that's pretty. I that's get tickets. Free tickets to the movie now because of that. Because of, of your destroyed automobile. Absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, other upcoming movies, Chachi, you actually just sent me. This is breaking news. Um, Mission Impossible 7 and A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, their home releases are going to be sooner than expected. They're going to get their theatrical release. Um, uh, Mission Impossible 7 for November 19th. And A Quiet Place Part 2 for September 17th. However... 45 days after it debuts on theaters, the films will be available on Paramount Plus. The one streaming network I don't have, of course. Um, but um, Paramount Plus, as you know. Another app. <laughs> yes, that's CBS All Access and the Paramount Network combined forces to make this another huge streaming app. And if you're going to get big movies like that, my goodness, it's just going <laughs> to... Just another streaming, <laughs> just another streaming service to add. Um, but um, but I am looking forward to both films, um, both The Quiet Place and Mission Impossible. Um, I thought the first Quiet Place was fantastic. Me too. Um, it was really good. But for, uh, me, you, for like a Mission Impossible type movie, you want to see that in the theater. You do, you yeah. do. But um, sadly, until people are vaccinated. Then again, it's not coming out till November, so I have a feeling everything. I mean, they might, they could retract on that if everybody's vaccinated. If we're getting, we have, if we're somewhat normal by November, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they decide not to do that because they could lose money putting it yeah, on streaming. I have a feeling that they're going to lose money. I'm worried you know? that's going to get to be popular, and they're going to start doing that from now on, even after COVID. They that's might, but I, I think that what they're doing is smarter. Theaters. 
for 45 days, then go to streaming. I think HBO yeah, Max, I mean, the convenience is great because of how the world is right now. But they, you know, from a business standpoint, they should really try to do the HBO Max um, debut, um, like premiere, you know, I'd say one month to 45 days after it hits theaters. But they're doing like yeah. simultaneous, you know, same day yeah. releases, you know. I agree with you. Um, but, you know, that's not my decision, you know. But uh, again, during this time, it's very convenient. Um, especially with Wonder Woman 1984. Um, other movies, um, The Nightingale, starring Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning. The Fanning Sisters actually has been pushed uh, to be released in December of 2022. If you're looking forward to that one. The Hugh Jack- 2022, guys, yes. They're not taking any chances, are they? No, no, not at all. Um, Hugh Jackman's lead thriller, Reminiscence. Uh, will be released in September 3rd, 2021. Yes, the original Wolverine, guys, also stars Fandy Newton, Rebecca Ferguson. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's about a private investigator uh, who navigates the darkly alluring world of the past by helping his clients access lost memories. Okay, um, so another film to check out. Um also, um, Chris Pine um, from Wonder Woman 1984 from the new Star Trek movies. It's in a new movie called Violence of Action. Um, STX Films has picked up the U.S. rights for that film, so expect that to be uh, released in theaters very soon. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully he won't be raped in this movie. Hopefully he will not be raped in that movie. Wow. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Well, it was the guy behind Chris Pine. Ah, uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, it was the other guy. Yeah. It was the other guy. Uh, another film is called Midsommar. Um, this is Joaquin Phoenix, officially on board to star from A24 production company. Midsommar. Um, yeah, coming out um, yeah. winter 2022. Winter of 2022. Now, no release date set yet, but... Uh, a24 has come on board to finance and produce the next film. So it's gotta be midsummer, uh, right? When he comes out. It has to be midsummer. I was just saying. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when they bring out like the Halloween movies and they bring it out like in May or something, and I'm like, yeah. you gotta bring it out Halloween. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I stand corrected. The director actually directed Midsummer. His upcoming film is called Disappointment Boulevard. Oh, well, um, that is disappointing. That's yeah, that was a disappointment. Right. That was a joke. Uh, yeah, complete yeah. disappointment. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um, oh man, you know, I I, I don't really enjoy reading the box office uh, the box office results because it's pretty much the same movies. Yeah, like um, number one, like one point eight million. Like yes, one point <laughs> seven million. Crew, oh, that's number one, really? That's a number. Oh, one that movie. close? Wow. Yeah, actually, the well, Nicolas Cage. Well, um, Nicolas Cage, um, Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds, the PG animated film. So Nicolas Cage is in that film as well. Okay, yeah. Um, what number one? Uh, the Crew's New Age. That's still number one. That that damn still movie. Still number one since like December. Like, yeah. That's like um, the big winner of the of COVID. And it's interesting because I know Nicolas Cage has a new movie, The Willy's Wonderland. That's I don't that hasn't That's even broken. On demand though. On demand now, okay, but that really hasn't broken uh, anything no. on the but box. That, I watched that movie; it was, it was enjoyable. It was kind of like um, it's kind of like yeah, a, what's your review like on an it? Evil like Chuck E. Cheese, 
that he went inside. He's being attacked okay. by the animatronics. And he doesn't um, speak. Now, why, why, why does this character not speak? I have no idea. They never, they never said why. They never He's explained never why. But he actually, Nicolas Cage read the script on a website, actually really liked it, and decided to like become a producer and star in the movie. So mm. I thought that was pretty cool, like backstory on that movie. Wow. But yeah, it's like the um, what was that what was that Friday Night at Freddy's? What was that called? That video game. It's kind of like the same concept as that, or Five Nights at Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's or something. Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm, maybe maybe that's it. I'm not sure. <laughs> video games. Yeah. Okay. But, I thought, they could, I thought you did a good job on the movie. It was enjoyable. Cool. Well, it reminded me of like an 80s like throwback type of movie. I mean, it's, it's kind of I mean, it's no more ridiculous than Child's Play, you know, when you think so about it. So that that movie is actually very limited really theater release. It's I don't already, think it's at all in the theaters. I think it's just on demand. Oh, just just strictly on demand. Got yeah. it. Oh wow. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. I mean, yeah. Denzel Washington's The Little Things. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah, Wonder Woman 1984, and The Marksman are the second, third, fourth, and fifth films, respectively. Um, all right, news, um, big Marvel news, guys. So, yes, Spider-Man, the third film, has an official title. Uh, it's not Phone Home. <laughs> I know you <laughs> like that one, Chachi. It's not Home Wrecker. It's not Home Slice. It's No Way no way Home. Yes, Um Tom Holland, Spider-Man himself, revealed on social media. Um, and uh, there's a 30-second clip which begins with Holland walking out of director John Watts' office and lamenting over being given a fake title for the film. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, and he was actually just on Jimmy Fallon on Tuesday to talk about the, the Spider-Man movie, which became a trending topic because, as you know, Tom Holland uh, tends to spoil things, you know, whether it's his, whether it's legitimately his his fault and he mistakenly said too much, or you know maybe it was just clever, you know, marketing. I guess it might be that, yeah. Do that as well, but um, I don't know. I, I think at first he did slip up, but then it started to become too often that it's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Feige will just tell Tom Holland to. To just release the news on on the Spider-Man films, <laughs> yeah. But Kevin Feige, yes, he did um he did some kind of uh, announcement, big announcement. Um, talked about a lot of the Disney Plus stuff, but we'll talk about some of the movies first. Um, first, uh, Deadpool three, he said was the only R-rated movie in development at Marvel Studios, suggesting that the upcoming new Blade movie will be PG thirteen. And I know, Chachi, you're not happy about this because the no. the other Blade movies, which we loved with Wesley Snipes and Ryan Reynolds, those are rated R. Um, those are great films. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, they, they just, first of all, Deadpool 3 is completely impossible to do. Or Deadpool in general, impossible to do as PG-13. No, right. You can't do it. Yeah. Since Blade, since this is a new Blade um, within the MCU, okay, I guess they can if they want to. And in my, I mean, they just want more. I mean, PG-13 movies make more money, Chacha. I think that's really what it boils down to. But I mean, um, Blade, I mean, you got to have, you know, heads getting cut off and everything. Like, it can't be PG-13. I agree. I agree. But, yeah, I think Disney was like, you know, we can only deal with one rated R movie. 
and uh, it's probably not going to be available on Disney Plus unless they start that new um, parental, you know, for parents only or for adults only. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to be adding a section like that. With it, are they supposed like, to be? Okay. Like Touchstone, um, Touchstone movies and stuff, like the older movies they used to have on Disney that were rated R. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Disney's worried about money, like, like how much money do you need Disney? My God, you can't, you can't <laughs> lose a few bucks to make it rated R. I mean, you, you probably would make that up from people, um, you uh, know, spending that to go see rated R movies. I'm sure most of the kids sneak into rated R anyways. <laughs> I know you it, did, right? <laughs> yeah, like you buy a ticket for another um, theater and you go sneak into the rated R movie. Yeah, that's that, one way to that do it. rocket science. That's one way to do it, man. Um, and Todd McFarlane's Spawn on Image Comics, um, that up, upcoming live action movie, which that's is going to be on PG, right? Which is going to star Jamie Foxx, is not going to be PG uh, or PG-13. PG. <laughs> As you know, Chachi, we got the scoop from Todd McFarlane himself at New York Comic Con, Anavi. We yes. talked to the man, the myth, the legend, Todd McFarlane, who told us a year and a half ago that the only way I want Spawn to be made, it's got to be rated R. It's got to be yeah. rated R. He was very adamant that his movie was rated R. I mean, Deadpool, The Joker, they're they're. I mean, they're great successes, you know. Um, so let, let's let's you know. You know, accept that, and um, you know, and it's not under the Disney umbrella, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the uh, another take on Spawn with Jamie Foxx in the starring role. I'm curious to see how that that goes, and, and congratulations to um, to Tom McFarlane and Spawn. Um, we rarely discuss comic book mo- uh, news, but Todd McFarlane is actually going to be releasing. Um, another number one Spawn issue called Spawn's Universe Number One. It's going to have a, a bunch of variant covers, and um, he said that there hasn't been another Spawn book because he just wanted to focus on the one book. And it, as you know, Chacha went up to issue 300, and now it's like well into 315, 320 already. Um, so that's a lot of issues. That's the highest number longest running and highest numbered issue of any independent comic besides DC or Marvel. So that's wow. kind of like a big deal that um, Spawn was able to accomplish that, you know. That's even more than Walking Dead? Walking Dead stopped at 193. 193, okay. Yeah, they stopped. Yeah. Um, over on DC, what do you know about Blue Beetle on a V? Do you know anything about Blue Beetle from DC? No. Well, so um so there's been different iterations of um blue beetle he he was a member of the justice league one of the lesser known justice league members but the recent iteration has been a latino character and this is pretty cool because this guy is awesome i partied with him at sundance that's why you asked anna b if she knew who it was yeah yeah and and not only that yeah, we all know each other. We hang out with each other. <laughs> we have yeah, each other's me, personal phone numbers. Yeah, me and my amigo Blue Beetle over here. We all hang out. <laughs> but Blue Beetle's in good hands, Anna V and Chash, because Charm City Kings director and What's someone hands? who shares. Hands. Manos. Is that Manos? Is that hands? Uh, and, so, and someone who actually shares my name. Angel Manuel Soto. That's right. <laughs> Soto with one T. I'm two T's. But nonetheless, he's a great guy. We got to talk to him at the Charm City Kings premiere at Sundance. He's actually going to be directing this upcoming Blue Beetle movie. Um, 
you know, I'm kind of surprised it decided to go for a big movie for this pretty obscure character, you know? I mean, a lot of people are not really familiar with Blue Beetle, but, um, you know, um, his, um, he's got cer- certain different origin stories, you know? The first one was a character named Ted Cord, um, and um, basically was an archaeologist who received his powers from an ancient Egyptian technology. So he's Latino? Um, not Ted this Cord? first not the first iteration. Oh, not Ted Cord is not. Yeah, okay. Ted Cord wasn't. He was created by <laughs> he was <laughs> he was created he was created by Steve Ditko. Um, right. The newer um, uh, iteration, who's Latino, is Jaime Reyes. Oh, there we go. There we yeah, go. Right. <laughs> that makes That's... sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> So it's very very similar origin story for the Jaime version of Blue Beetle as well, um, but um, it's extraterrestrial armor which he found and it, and it modifies his his strength and speed. He's he's able to create weapons, wings, and shields. So um, well, they're gonna milk this um, comic book genre of shit, you know, as long as they can. <laughs> no matter who it is, what comic it is, yep, how indie the comic is, they're like they're gonna buy it up. Yeah. Until we're all sick of comics. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? The Blue Beetle. I mean, we went to Superman, Spider-Man, all the all the regular ones. Now we're down to Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle's a cool character, yeah. though. He's a very second cool iteration character. of second iteration of Blue Beetle. Yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, we actually have a Flash movie too, uh, The Flash, which is going to um, be all about the um, the multiverse in DC. Um, from the Flashpoint storyline, um, they just. I, also, I don't get this whole multiverse Flash stuff. So, is it like he runs around the Earth and makes it go backwards or something? Is that what happens? I've never read Flashpoint, okay. but it's, so we need that it's basically um, DC's version of the multiverse of madness, and it's just a way. He runs uh, really fast that, and, and travels through time, right? Yeah, I haven't read it, but I, I have. I have. I imagine that's what allows him to be able to to speed through different times or, or whatever um so news on the flash movie they actually just uh cast a new actress named sasha callie so sasha actually beat 400 actresses um to win this role and she's going to be playing supergirl in the flash wow. movie so it's not going to be the cw melissa benoist it's going to be um Sasha Kali, who's the first Latina to ever portray Supergirl. So, um, interesting, DC's, right? DC's interesting. over the whole. DC's all over the place. My God, they don't know what to do. Like, you got <laughs> Supergirls, different Supergirls in the TV show and the movie. They, they can't. Uh, put all, I mean, look at look at Marvel. They have you know these TV uh, shows now, and it's tying together like the same actors like in the movies, and it's DC doesn't know what to do. Yeah, Disney Plus is the ones on Netflix. Were weren't really tied but that in was that before much. Disney owned them, like, right? Uh, yeah. So, but you're right, and it, it can get confusing. Okay, there's another Superman. We have um, Superman and Lois, which I heard is a great show, but you know they have yeah. Tyler Hoechlin playing Superman on CW, and then of course Henry Cavill Superman in the movies. You know, DCEU. Um, it can get a little confusing, but I agree. I agree. I'm. I I would love to see the 
what Marvel's doing, I think that would have been smarter. But, you know, it probably has to do because they've already established all these heroes on, on CW. They probably just don't translate to film actors. I mean, there's certain actors that that just do better as a film actor and some actors that are better with episodic television shows. I don't know what it is. Um, that's probably what it is, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, let's see what else. This is a very, very interesting film concept. Um, okay. So it's called X simply X. Um, um, <laughs> it's the latest horror endeavor by um, a director named Ty West. And Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect fame is starring in it. Love Brittany Snow, by the way. Kid Cudi, Jenna Ortega, Mia Goth. They're all in it as well. Um, but um, details are being kept in the dark. But it's said to be about the making of an adult film. Okay. Okay, well, the t- <laughs> it's, titled, it's titled X. Um, I imagine it could get kind of spicy. Um, but it's a horror movie set in adult film world. I don't know. Sounds kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, there's certainly no porn stars in the film, so, uh, I don't know how they're going to handle that one. Um, but, uh, it should be very interesting. So that's something to look forward to. Um, is it like more of a comedy or is it serious? I would kind of, I would kind of, yeah, I mean, they're calling it a horror endeavor. They're not really saying uh, it's a car comedy. So no penetration. There won't be any penetration. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Just checking. But you might be happier about this um, more known horror film franchise, and that's The Running Man. Uh, for Paramount I won't Pitcher. be happy. <laughs> yeah, talking about me? I won't be happy. It's an adaptation about Stephen King's dystopian horror novel. Um. Well, I mean, did you not enjoy the 1987 film? That, I did enjoy uh, it. That's why I'm not happy. Okay. Right. I did, I did enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I'm sick of all these remakes. I heard this is going to be more based on his book, which is going to be, which is pretty different than what the 87 movie was, which is um, Schwarzenegger. Yes. Yes. So. Um, yeah. More remakes. Yes, the upcoming version is expected to stay more faithful to the source material. That's correct. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Well, thank you. Um, speaking of books, <laughs> um, the famed um, coming-of-age author, um, Judy Bloom, um, she wrote, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Yes, I read that kind book. Kind of a classic. Yeah, I think a lot of us have read that as kids. Um they're going to make that into a movie. I, I, I don't recall any other mo- movies of uh, Judy Bloom, but um, it was published back in 1970. Um, but Rachel McAdams and Abby Ryder Forston have been cast in the film. Um, wow, Rachel McAdams is, is playing mom roles now. Crazy. Yeah. God. Oh. I mean, she was just in Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. She was no, um, Oh, mean Girls, Mean Girls. Mean Girls, yeah. Mean Girls. I switched those. Switched those. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, she's like, now she's playing the mom of the sixth grader, Abby Ryder Forston, um, who is going through puberty and searches um, the universe for any answer she can find. So that was, um, that was a pretty, um, I remember that when that book um, was popular with um, more of the um, ladies in, in the classroom. Um, so I, I guess that book was more like um, 
truthful, I guess, to what was going on yes. with like puberty and stuff. Yeah, because that's like a time in your life that so many changes are happening and you just right. don't right. know who to talk to. And then a book comes out and it's like, it, it's exactly what you're going through. So, as yeah. A book, yeah, especially back then. Your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially back then when you couldn't just like Google all your answers. Right, yeah. yeah. Or look up YouTube yes. videos and, it, you know, like yeah. people talking about it and like, hey, right. you know, you're not alone. I'm going through this too. Like, it's just not like that back then. And it didn't confirm, but I'm sure it's going to stay true to maybe the time period of when it was published in the 70s. I don't know. It could be it could be a modern retelling. I don't know. Probably modern. Well, I saw it. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I saw, like, walking through Brothers and Nobles. I saw that book was out on one of the tables, like, in the front. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read that. And it had, like, a um, picture of somebody texting. And it's like, are you there, God? It's me. And it had, like, three dots, like, like something was typing. Oh. Like, it was God, God oh, refined on the cell phone. So maybe they are trying to update it for like modern times. I don't know. Do you think Judy rewrote it for modern times, or do I don't know. I think, that's just... I think it's just a cover. I think, but okay, interesting. But I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I doubt it's gonna be in the '70s. I'm sure it's gonna be a modern take. Oh, all right. Wow, interesting. Uh, let's see. Guy Ritchie, uh, his upcoming film um, is called Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. It's I a world. Yeah. A World War Two action spy thriller, um, and you know he's done well with the um, the crime thrillers, so I guess that should be pretty cool. What's um, called? It's called, as you love those long titled, uh, <laughs> Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Yeah. Ugh. I can't I know, remember right? that. <laughs> right. Oh, this is an interesting combination. Harvey Keitel, Emil Hirsch, and Ruby Rose. Wow, interesting combo. They're going to be in an upcoming gangster drama called The Legitimate Wise Guy. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, And I find this even more interesting. The Great Gatsby in development to be an animated feature. Um, Why? I don't know. Why animated? Yeah, I mean, I love the the last Great Gatsby was Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah, that was fine. I don't know why you need a animated one. I actually like the original. <laughs> yeah, the original Which, film from back yeah. in back in. Well, there's been several, right? Yeah, there's been several over the years. Um, nineteen seventy four with Robert Redford and Mia Farrow. I think that's what you're referring to. I right? think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, you know, I'm a Leo DiCaprio fan, so I thought his his rendition was great. Yeah, I don't know. The first first movie was in 1926, and then one in 1949. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. 1974, they had one. That's the one that you saw with Robert Redford. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, the recent one with Leo DiCaprio was not very long ago, so I don't know. One in 2000. Right. God, they milked that great guy. They're milking that one, and now they're making it animated. So, I, I yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, let's 100 see. Years old. Wow. It's old. Yeah, right? In the first movie. 1926. Holy shit. That's fucking yeah. insane. Um, John Hamm and Tina Fey will reunite the star in a film from John Slattery, a dark comedy called Maggie Moore. Um, Hamm and Tina Fey have been on 30 Rock together, 
Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and um, Ham and Slattery, uh, the director Slattery, are, are both from Mad Men. So a lot of uh, former associations there. And Judd Apatow. And um, the Kenny and Keith Lucas are teaming up for a new comedy, um, which will center on the siblings' lives as identical twins growing up in Jersey. So this is loosely, um, like I mentioned before, a fictionalized biopic or autobiographical, uh, uh, similar to the Pete Davidson one. Um, so the Lucas brothers are writing and starring in Apatow set to produce. All right. So Disney Plus, let's talk a little bit about WandaVision. Yes. Episode yeah. seven, the big reveal. I got to give it up to General Zod. He hit it, the nail right on the head. That Catherine Hans, Agatha, or Agnes for that matter, is Agatha Harkness, as she revealed her uh, her true identity as the witch, who has been manipulating events in Westview all along and pushing Wanda further into darkness. Um, definitely explains a lot. Um, and it wasn't really surprising the Marvel fans. I mean, it was kind of rumored, but, you know, once General gave that backstory, and then once we saw the Halloween episode with Agnes dressed as a witch, it kind of like, they're really pretty much giving it to us. It's just a matter of when they were going to reveal. And when she said, you didn't think I was the only magic, you, know, you didn't think that you were the only magical girl in town, did you? Um, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I, I like the uh, the kind of switcheroo um, when Wanda went down to the basement to find to try to find her sons, and then it just turned into this like witch's yeah. dungeon, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see that side of Marvel um, exploring magic, you know, in that way. Um, certainly a very different type of character um, that we've seen in the Marvel MCU before. Um, did you guys enjoy? Uh, the WandaVision episode, episode seven. Yes, I like the format too. How they had it as a reality TV show at the beginning. Like yeah, part. I think that format was actually more so Modern Family. Modern I actually family, thought The Office. You yeah, Modern the Family Office, in The though? Office, yeah. A little bit of Modern Family in The Office? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they, they both break the fourth wall. I think that's like kind yeah. of like the big part of that. So that Yes, we kind of got into the like early 2000s, like 2010s kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we did skip the low-rise jeans, Chachi. You were hoping that we're, they would do like the early 2000s, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it went from the 90s, I think. Well, what can they do house. now uh, for the next decade? Well, that's it. I mean, you have content. Well, I mean, you can go to contemporary times. Um, YouTube. <laughs> you can go to the future. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe episode eight will be modern time, like right now, and then episode nine will be in the future. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're gonna do, but yeah, that has been the theme for every episode. But I know they're gonna be really heavy into the um, the MCU style of episode that you 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 know and love, you know, from yeah. the movies. So they're gonna stick with that. Um, Fantastic episode, man. I love it. Wasn't this show supposed to only be like four episodes when they first announced it? I didn't hear that. Actually, they said six episodes. Six episodes, okay. That's why I thought that one was the last one. I was like, wait, that's the last one. And then I looked and they were like, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. I actually thought they were even going to go with eight, but actually we're going with nine Mm -hmm. for WandaVision. That's even better. So that's Um, very, very exciting. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that great? 
Yeah, I'm but... still trying to figure out the the relationship of the commercials, the relation of the commercials to, because there's always some kind of Easter egg in them. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the latest one was about something called Nexus. And yeah, like it... those typical commercials of like you know they're trying to sell you all these like pharma. Yeah, it's the pharma commercials, yeah. right? But I have a feeling there is an Easter egg in that, and if anyone knows, Mike the General Rosal would know exactly <laughs> what that was. But um, yeah, all these people, they all like get on like these message boards and stuff, and I'll talk about it and dissect okay. it. Like I don't have time for all that, but you don't have time for all. Actually, that. I do. I do. I just don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been enjoying the episodes though. Like they're definitely way better uh, than I, I was going to be for this this series. Yeah, we still don't know who Pietro is exactly. He wasn't really in um, last week's episode, except for the mid-credits scene. He caught uh, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Uh, and um, we still don't know whether it's legitimately her brother from another universe, or is it something created by Agatha Harkness? Because I I do recall the Purple Mist showing up when Evan Peters' version of Quicksilver arrived at the house. So is, is she, was she created by Agatha? No. We don't know. We don't know. And when will uh, Monica fully come to her powers? So um, we kind of saw a little bit of that this episode, but I have a feeling it will be very apparent. Um, her powers will be very apparent by uh, the next two episodes for sure. Um, they actually, uh, Kevin Feige actually mentioned that they actually knew relatively early in the development process to swap one Pietro for the other. Um, and they wanted Evan Peters since the very beginning. Um, but yeah, when when um, General alluded to that they announced Evan Peters, I was like, dude, that's not true. He must have been reading some rumor sites or, you know, the spoiler sites where they see people go on set because... They, they will not want to spoil Evan Peters on WandaVision. I mean, that's like a big, big deal, you know? Right, yeah. Well, I wasn't buying that they, that they announced it, you know? I haven't read it. I mean, <laughs> considering I do the entertainment news every week, uh, I haven't seen anything about Evan Peters prior to him showing up. So my jaw dropped when Evan Peters showed up, just like everybody else's. I had no, no clue. I was happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Excited. I'm yeah. happy because... It, only only if that is indeed Quicksilver from Fox. Because I would really love for them to combine because there's some great actors in Marvel Fox in X-Men. Um, you know, I'd love to see Anya Taylor Joy come back as magic. She's phenomenal. You know, I'd love to see Sophie Turner um, you know, return as um Phoenix, you know. Um we'll see. Um but Loki, the next Marvel um, series on Disney Plus, announced June 11th will be um, the premiere date um, for that. So that's really exciting. Um, oh, another uh, Disney Plus um, series news: the Miss Marvel series um, has cast Laurel Marsden, a relative newcomer, uh, will play Zoe Zimmer. Um, in the upcoming Miss Marvel Disney Plus series. Um, and of course, this um, centers on teenage hero Kamala Khan. So, um, don't know much about Laurel Marsden other than she actually had a role in 
that Queeby Queeby show survive. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, that, yeah, that's that's which all nobody say. saw because nobody <laughs> bought Queeby. <laughs> um, the next Queeby. Star Wars. Yeah, he he blamed the pandemic on um, Queeby not working. Yeah, he did. When everybody's stuck at home with nothing to do, and he blamed the pandemic. <laughs> then, uh, it's a good. It's a fair justification. No, it's not. Well, it is because like if people are like you know on their phones and it's normal life and they're out and about, they're going to work or whatever. Um, it. I mean, it's it's, it's a stupid idea. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah, who's gonna be out and about <laughs> on their phone watching something? Yeah, in the waiting room. I don't know. You're right, but it's yeah. We got YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I. It was a bad idea, but he does have. I mean, he does have some justification saying the pandemic might have done it, but um, the next Star Wars um, series on Disney Plus is uh, is the Clone Wars spinoff called The Bad Batch. That's going to launch on Star Wars Day, May 4th. If you didn't know what The Bad Batch was, Chachi, it's several clones that were actually um, altered genetically from the rest of the clones in the clone army. So... They actually, each of them possess a singular exceptional skill, which makes them effective soldiers in a formidable crew. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but yes, this that's, will be a, that's gonna be animated, right? That that's a, yeah, it's a Clone Wars okay. spinoff, so it will be, it will right. be animated. Yep. Um, this is interesting. So Disney's Magic Kingdom will have uh, a TV project based on the Magic Kingdom. Uh, one of them will be called the Society of Explorers and Adventures, which Ronald D. Moore is um, set to write and executive produce. And it's loosely based on the organization of the same name that is a part of the Disney theme park lore. Um, is that for the Adventurers Club? Yes. And the then? Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And in the show, the themed lands and characters of the Disney parks and classic films will actually exist in another reality. That's pretty cool. So Space Mountain, I'm guessing, you know. Yeah. All that. All that will be. Um, well, I'd love Disney. So that'd be interesting for me. We will see how that. Yeah, we'll see how what happens there. Um, Disney's returning to the musical world of Star Girl. This is the young adult romantic drama that appeared on. Disney Plus about a year ago. Um, and uh, if you like that, you should be happy. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch it. Did you? <laughs> I never I, I never heard of it. Okay, so now the Muppet Show is on Disney Plus. So it's been getting a lot of controversy. And they actually have a disclaimer uh, for all the episodes of the Muppets on Disney Plus. Um. They say that the program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes are wrong then and they're wrong now. Rather than remove the content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Wait, is that from all that body shaming from Miss Piggy? (laughs) Uh, Is that what this is all about? I don't know about that, but it... I think she looked, I think she looked just fine the way she was. You know, I don't think anybody should have. Yeah, they shouldn't. Body shame. shame. Right? Yeah, she was beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what was. I mean, apparently one of the. I think they had a musical guest that sang in front of Confederate flag. I think. Um, 
Um, they also have these the same um, disclaimer with the aristocrats. I'm sorry, the Aristocats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dumbo, Peter Pan, Swiss Family Robinson, um, because of some stereotypes as well. Yeah. Um, all right, over on HBO Max, um, just some news on the upcoming Justice League, which I'm really excited to see, the Snyder Cut. Um, he actually um, was interviewed, uh, Zach was recently interviewed, and mentioned that he actually never watched the Josh Whedon version of Justice League. Really? I find it hard to believe. Like, wouldn't he want to see the train wreck? I mean, like, how Joss took everything what he did. I mean, that's, that's, some, that's some really strong spite there, and I I definitely admire that. It is. I'm yeah, surprised that he, says, that, he, that he says he's never watched it. Yeah, you know, he says like, he's never seen Justice League, or at least not the version that opened in theaters in 2017, um, which I find hard to believe. Um, very, yeah. very surprising. This is another surprising thing. I don't know if I believe this, right? So he said, apparently in this interview, Zack Snyder said, I'm not getting paid. I didn't want to be beholden to anyone and it allowed me to keep my negotiating powers with these people pretty strong. What the? F- not getting paid? Zack Snyder's not getting paid for this Snyder cut? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, he said he's getting a percentage of something. Like Okay. Maybe think. maybe once it's maybe they didn't pay him up front and maybe he's getting everything on the back end after. Must be. Yeah, he's got to be getting paid something. That's a lot of work. That's right. Yeah, he said. He, okay, so he said he's foregoing his salary, not given any additional money because the film is technically a director's cut. So his initial contract for the first movie is still in effect. Okay. Oh. oh. Okay. Now that makes more sense. Okay. Well, that's cool. He wasn't greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might have been greedy. You know? <laughs> um, let's see. HBO Max has ordered a J.J. Abrams uh, series called Subject to Change. And when I see Subject to Change in quotes, I think the title might be Subject to Change later on. Yeah, I think that's, the actual, <laughs> that's the actual name of the series, yeah. Oh, okay. which uh, follows a desperate college student who signs up for a clinical trial that begins a wild, harrowing, mind and reality bending adventure. Recording to Warner Brothers, so that's the change. Yeah, that's the change. Subject to change. <laughs> uh, over on Netflix, um, and of course another Zack Snyder project is the Army of the Dead. Um, it's going to be released on May twenty first. They just uh, dropped an official poster. No trailer just yet, but the poster was dropped. Um, actually, a friend of mine uh, worked on the film. Her hand is one of the zombie hands coming out of that safe or whatever it is the fuck it is um yeah it shot it but up in jersey up in uh, atlantic city she a hand model she was actually a zombie and i think that she was picked out of the the zombies to actually shoot a a poster for it as well had the best hands huh she must have had the best hands she must have award-winning hands good for her yeah i know right um it's a cute girl too. That might help. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't see can't see her with her hands. Yeah, you can't see her hands. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. <laughs> so Spike Lee is going to produce um, a fantasy film. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, a period fantasy film on Netflix called Gordon Hemingway and the Realm of Cthulhu. Mm. Interesting. Um, but Spike Lee is producing, so he's not directing it because I don't think Spike Lee has touched that genre yet. You know. 
Um, so, but he's producing, so now it makes sense. He's not really directing; he's just producing. But um, yeah, it's it's the film is set in East Africa in 1928. Follows Black American gunslinger Gordon Hemingway, who teams up with an elite warrior princess Zenebe of Ethiopia to rescue their kidnapped regent from an ancient evil, which is the Cthulhu part, I guess. The ancient evil. Um, cool. <laughs> It sounds pretty cool. Uh, Netflix um, also coming up with Netflix. David Fincher is teaming up with Netflix. As you know, Mank is a big hit um, that you can catch on Netflix now. But his next film will also be on Netflix called The Killer. And Michael Fassbender is in, is in talks to star, and that's Magneto himself. Yes. That's right. Yes. He's my man crush. Oh, <laughs> Michael Fassbender. You'll, you're going to be watching, I'm assuming. Yes. Right? And yeah. you would probably give him a hug. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no hesitation there, Anna. Anna. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's um, he's married to um um what's her face? Um that actress that I really like. Yeah, yeah. I forget her name. <laughs> the Tomb Raider chick. It's her name is escaping me right now. Yes, uh, yes. Alicia Vikander. That's it. Alicia Vikander, yeah. So, well, if you have a, a, ma- a man crush on uh, Michael Fassbender, I have, a, I have a crush on Alicia Vikander. <laughs> she is gorgeous. Yes, yeah. Um, America Ferreira is making a feature film called I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. Okay. I was just reading that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited? Me, too. <laughs> you, I'm too? Excited. Yes. Are you excited? Really? Okay. Yeah. Young page 85. You're on page 85. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the uh, young adult story is about losing a sister and finding yourself amid the pressures, expectations, and stereotypes of growing up in a Mexican-American home. It's not easy. Let me tell you. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read the book, Anna? No, I haven't. I haven't. But... You're missing out. Oh, uh, so Chachi, you read it. You're on page 85. Yeah. Got it, got it. 85, so, yeah. You're working on it. <laughs> it, it, it going along, yeah. <laughs> David Oliowo's uh, directorial debut, The Waterman, um, will be on Netflix. Um, they just acquired Worldwide Distribution. Um, but look for it on May 7th, uh, 2021, on, on video on demand first. And then Netflix will release the film later. In the Is this year. a sequel to um, Adam Sandler's movie? No. The Water Boy? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. It follows young, first. Well, it follows a young boy, Gunner, mm. who sets out on a quest to save his ill mother, paid by Rosario Dawson. With the help of a mysterious local girl, the pair go in search of the Waterman, a mythical figure who possesses a secret to immortality. The more dangerous uh, the journey becomes, and eventually their only hope is to rescue Gunner's father, who's played by David Oliolo. Oliolo. How about uh, a movie if they like got to him and all of a sudden it's Adam Sandler? Like, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> After like a whole long movie, like a, like a serious movie, right? And just like Adam Sandler doing one of those dumb voices he does. <laughs> That's so funny. That would be an interesting take on it for sure. Yeah, people would be so pissed. <laughs> uh, Mila Kunis starring in Netflix film adaptation Luckiest Girl Alive. I'll watch it. I don't care. Whatever the, the you're, premise you're is, I'll watch it. Yeah. You're a fan of Mila Kunis, are you? No matter you? what the movie's about. It could be really? 
about killing white men. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> Just because you're that big of a fan of Mila Kunis. Yes. What yeah, yeah I, I love the um, Super Bowl commercial for for Cheetos. Yes. With I'm Shaggy, that was hilarious. Yeah. What if it was um, a feminist um, coming of age drama? Would you still watch I, it? I still watch it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's gonna be easy, but I'm gonna watch it. I, I <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. So this was really cool. I haven't. What's that? What's she? What's she wearing in that um, feminist drama? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not a feminist drama. No, it's a... Your hypothetical. <laughs> but if you want to know what it is, okay. uh, Kunis will play Anna. Oh. A sharp-tongued New Yorker. Good already. Yeah. Who appears <laughs> to have it all? Uh, position in a magazine, killer wardrobe, and then Tucker wedding on the horizon. When the director of a crime documentary invites her to tell her side of the shocking incident that took place when she was a teenager at the prestigious Bradley School, and she's forced to confront a dark truth, which threatens to unravel her, unravel her crafted life. Okay, that's the synopsis. <laughs> are, you, are you sold now? I'm sold. I'm still are sold. Are you sold? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so this one's cool. So General Zod, I know, knows about this. It's called Jupiter's Legacy. Is on Im- it's Image Comics. Yeah. Um, Netflix has a premiere date of the superhero series based on the comic book. Um, it's an eight-episode series. So this is a second generation of superheroes who struggle to live up to their parents' reputations. So basically, if Superman and Wonder Woman had a kid, this kid has to live up to their expectations. So, mm. I mean, you know, I think it's kind of cool. Um but that's something to look forward to. Um, also on Netflix, coming up in March, a show called The Irregulars. Eight-part drama uh, follows adventures of a pack of troubled teens who are manipulated to solving crimes for the sinister Dr. Watson and his business partner, the elusive Sherlock Holmes. Okay, Sherlock Holmes tie-in here. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you love those Netflix documentaries, Chachi. They're actually doing a Netflix documentary on the college admissions bribery scandal that ensnared the the Hollywood celebrities, um, Felicity Huffman and Laurie Laughlin. It's called Operation Varsity Blues. That's going to drop on Netflix in March 17th. That's going to be a series? It's going to be a documentary series, yes. How how much can they actually um, show for that? It's like, hey, do you want your kid to get in school? Sure. It's going to cost you. All right, I'll pay it. <laughs> that's, that's like one episode, and, and you're done. You think that's a one episode, one done? You think? Yeah. Well, well I mean, it, well, you know what? I, now that I'm reading it, I don't think they um, alluded to whether it's um, a series or just um, a documentary yeah. film. So you might Yeah, I watched read. the one documentary on that. Was it the Cecil Hotel? The Cecil or Cecil Hotel? Um, yes. And that was like that four was, episodes. That could have really where, been one episode. It could have been one episode. Is that that's where they shot American Horror Story Hotel, correct? Yeah, but yes. it, it's it, it's all bullshit. Yeah, it, it's the um, trailer tries to make it seem like it's something that it's not, and I was Ooh. I was very pissed off. Wow. Wait, but do you know the history of it? Because that's an interesting case. Yeah, but but the outcome of it isn't what the trailer tries to portray. I liked it. <laughs> the, um, but the woman who went missing? 
Yes. Yeah. 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 I have to check it out. Couldn't that have been like one episode? Like honestly, like could have been one episode. One episode. Or you can there's just watch. Her- there's a lot of history on that hotel, though. Like all the people that've been there, like Richard Ramirez. A lot of like, that was cool. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. The history part yeah. I thought was cool about like all the murders and stuff that happened in there. Well, they didn't bring. So. They they brought Richard Ramirez back in that one episode of American Horror Story Hotel. I, yes. I yeah. Yes, I know what you're talking about. So too. creepy. Yes. Oh, you're right. I yeah, love you're right. that season. Was, I love wasn't, that season. Wasn't it a great season with Lady Gaga? It's no, just, the Night Stalker it, was great. I thought that series. That oh yeah, that was, that was good. Great. Yeah, that was really good. So, so all they're using the hotel just primarily for shooting, I guess, different things. I don't think it's open to the public, is it? No, they um, what do they do with that hotel? They um, they they turned into it's still a hotel. It's like part hotel and part like condos, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. Didn't it recently get sold though to a company in New York? Um, I mean, at the end of the documentary, they're talking about they were like doing like like luxury condos and then like a, a nice hotel or something. Huh. Yeah. I think. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work. I have to check it out. It sounds pretty cool. Because yeah, it's still a bad area of town. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see over on Apple TV. Um, let's see, The Mosquito Coast will premiere on April 30th. Um, Paul Thoreau's novel. Um, also, if you're a fan of Mystic Quest, the second season will launch on May 7th, which I'm not even familiar with the first season. <laughs> um, with the guy from um, It's Always Sunny. Ah, yes. Always <laughs> I think they make video show. games. And, That's um, right. It's yes. Have you seen the show? I watched an episode. Yeah, was it worth uh, worth a look? Oh, you can check it out. I don't care. Yeah, you're not gonna watch the rest. No, probably not. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't um, it's so funny, but yeah. Oh, here's one that you might like. It's a series called Physical. It's a 1980s set dark comedy. Okay, right, I'm sold. Um, <laughs> is Nick Kunis in it? No, but Rose Byrne is. Love Rose Byrne. Who's that? I forget. Rose Byrne's been in a ton, man. She was in Neighbors. She was in. She's one of the handmaidens of Natalie Portman in Star Wars Episode One. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's beautiful. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. A lot of, lot of romantic comedy she's been in. <laughs> well, I should, I should know her then. Yeah, you should. Well, yeah. yeah. Na- well, Neighbors is that. That's a great. That's a great. I see. She was in. Yeah, Neighbors was good. She was in Annie, the remake Annie. She was in. Yep. Like a boss. Spy. Uh, a lot like of shitty movies she was in. Damn, son. And she looks gorgeous. <laughs> The uh, promo uh, photo, because it takes place in the 80s, she kind of, in this promo photo, she actually kind of looks like the girl from Flashdance. Uh, What's the movie called? Well, it's a series called Physical. Rose Byrne. Look look for the promo photo of Rose Byrne in Physical. They might have her with a teased up 80s hairstyle. Um, But basically her character is a quietly tortured, dutiful housewife. Supporting her smart but controversial husband's bid for state assembly. Huh? She, she, yeah, she looks like the girl from Flashdance. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, wasn't it right uh, on the money? It's a still yeah. town girl on a Saturday yeah. night looking for the time of her life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Stephen King has a, um, a series on Apple TV called Lizzie's Story, adopted from his novel, the same name. Julianne Moore stars in that one um, as a series of settling events that cause her to face 
Memories of her marriage to the late famous novelist husband, Scott, played by Clive Owen, that she uh, had deliberately blocked out. Um, um, wow, Stephen King's getting a ton of content lately, it seems. He's getting a lot of stuff. I mean, his whole career, I mean, it, there's never been anybody else who has just had so many movies made from his, his books. He's yeah. got to hold the Guinness Book of World Records for that. <laughs> right. Seriously. Yeah. It's, and, and not just horror. You actually opened my eyes. He actually done a lot of other, like, dramatic. And yeah, stand sur- by me. Um, survivalist type of stuff. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's, a, he's a genius. Yeah. Cecily Strong and Keegan Michael Key um, will be playing a couple on um, a show on Apple TV called Schmidagoon. Schmidagoon? Okay. Uh, it's a backpacking trip designed to reinvigorate their relationship when they discover a magical town in which everyone acts as if they're in a musical from the 1940s. Okay. (laughs) Apples are so damn weird. Like, like they, (laughs) yeah. First, a horrible name. The premise is super weird. Well, you know, King Michael Key and Sassy Strong, they're both, they're pretty, both pretty awesome. So yeah, but that, Apple must be like the, the bottom of the barrel. Like if you're going to pitch a TV show, like you go through everybody else, and then there's Apple. Apple's like, we'll take it. We'll ta- whatever it is, we'll take it. We don't care. <laughs> they got a lot of money though, so I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they're more about quality over quantity. Apparently, they're not about quality. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they had like one major hit. Well, you're gonna watch Physical with Rose Byrne. I can't promise 80s. anything. Okay. We'll see. It takes place in the 80s, so I figured that. Um, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord himself, let's move it on to Amazon News, um, will be starring along with Taylor Kitsch in a television adaptation of Jack Carr's novel, The Terminalist. So that's coming up on Amazon. Um, it follows um, a character named Reese after his entire platoon of SEALs is ambushed during a high-stakes covert mission. Um when Reese returns home to his family, he, he questions his own culpability with memories of the event. However, as new evidence comes to light, Reese discovers dark forces working against him, and he uses a CIA ground branch access and operator skill set to help him seek his vengeance. Okay. Could be pretty cool. Could be pretty cool. Have you ever seen so much um, content coming out in your life? Like, your whole entire life, there's never been so much TV content that's been produced. So... Amazing. Notice how the TV segment is much longer than the movie segment. I remember actors bitching like um, like 10 years ago. Or, because or of the reality before. television. Because the right? reality TV show was taking like, all their and, jobs. And it was before streaming. Yeah. But, like Netflix was the first one. Yeah. You know, like with House of Cards, I think, was like the yeah, first. Yeah, House of Cards announced they're going to be on Netflix. I'm like, really? Netflix? I mean, that's weird. And look what at it now. Isn't that what amazing? That was yeah. like the original show. And then look at Netflix now. It's just amazing what it's done. Yeah. Um, two great names in this one. Charlie Day, I think you mentioned it before from Sonny. And uh, yeah. Jenny Slate are going to be in a romantic comedy film called I Want You Back. Um, so they're going to play a couple terrified that their shot at a fairy tale life with a marriage, kids in a house are over with no sp- Prospects on the horizon, the thought of dying alone, they hatch a desperate plan to win back their exes who are already in new relationships. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> They'll probably fall in love with themselves with, with each other, I guess. I'm I'm guessing. But you never so know. ITunes, right? 
Right? Some craziness. Yeah. Um, so Modern Love season two is an anthology series. Um, the second season has a crazy amount of uh, actors in it. Um, and they will feature actors in different episodes, like Kit Harrington for Game of Thrones. Jon Snow himself um, is making an appearance in season two. Um, Lucy Boynton from Bohemian Rhapsody. She's awesome. Um, bunch of other actors. Um, Telsey Hoyne from God Friended Me and Garrett Hedlund from Mudbound. Um, bunch. Too many to mention, really. Uh, but check it out on Amazon. Season two of Modern Love. Um, let's see on Hulu. Um, Kate McKinnon actually dropped out of the dropout. She dropped out of the dropout. Interesting. <laughs> um, there was a limited series about Theranos founder, Elizabeth Holmes. Um, and she was supposed to exact the series. Um, didn't say why, I guess, but, um, I guess they have to find a new star for that. Um, they're actually also going to have, um, a docu-series on Hulu called The Rise and Fall of Victoria's Secret. Um, interesting. It'll be three hour-long episodes, so a three-part documentary about the fashion brand, which was plagued by criticism and internal complaints in recent years. Um, they actually scrapped the, the annual fashion show in 2019. I know. It's heartbreaker. Yeah. I'm actually glad. <laughs> You're glad? Why? It's just those beauty standards were just completely, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of women were just looking up to those girls and they were super, super tiny. And I don't know. It was just really unhealthy to aspire to look like something like that. You know, do you think it was all about the message of aspiring to look like them or just, just the way to, of just a beauty showcase, you know? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm just glad. I guess I don't have to see. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather see you know more of variety, more realistic women, you know, showcasing, you know, showcase there, you know, instead of seeing like, you know, really super skinny models, versus reality. I think I would be happier to see that. Okay. I'd be happy to see Anne up there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we rock some cosplays. Maybe they should have a Victoria's Secret cosplay line. Yeah, there's a lot of cosplayers that they they're because I know I know Anna really you're beautiful, so yeah I know Anna you're not about modeling lingerie. Yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of there uh, in the cosplay community, so yeah, I would be all for that. <laughs> oh, for the cos for the cosplay. Uh, yeah, like uh, cosplay lingerie or whatever. Yeah, that would be really That's a good awesome. idea. And that would be more a representation of, you know, real women, you know, curvy women. All kinds, you know, yeah. a variety is a spice but of we life. we appreciate it here on BTB. Well, <laughs> I know that Victoria's Secret, they, they started uh, incorporating more unusual models, like the one model with vitiligo. She had like patches of, of, of vitiligo on her face. Um, she's really famous. I forgot her name. And then they started incorporating... Um, I think the first trans model. So, I mean, they're doing different things, um, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, it would kinda, be nice to see a variety. It was, it, it was good escapism and it was only, it only happened once a year. I mean, I, I don't know why 
if anyone's you know up in arms about it it was just some nice little escapism for 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 men and women <laughs> yeah and like usually, usually usually the day after the um after yeah. the fashion show like you go to the gym and it was packed full of women so oh was, is yeah. that, <laughs> that's an interesting one I didn't know that. <laughs> oh that's some extra motivation there that's good um if anyone's played halo on uh xbox uh the long-running sci-fi video game series, um, the TV series based on the game, uh, has moved from Paramount to Showtime. So Showtime's going to be picking it up instead. And Pablo Shriver uh, will star as Master Chief in this. So. And uh, Natasha McElhorn will play two different characters. Dr. Catherine Halsey, the creator of the Spartan Soldiers, and Cortana, the most advanced AI in human history. Wow. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, both Jillian Anderson and Judy Greer have signed on for guest starring roles on the upcoming Showtime series, The First Lady. So this is all um, about the first ladies in American history, told through the lens of the women at the heart of the White House. And uh, oh, I, thought, I thought you were talking about Eve. I thought you were talking about Eve. Yeah, from Adam and Eve. Oh. I thought it was like one of those religious religious um, movies. Oh, uh, one of the the first lady, you mean? Yeah. Oh, that, it's all about women at the heart of the White House. Oh, not the, here we go. Not okay. the Garden of Eden, no. Ah, okay, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I guess like each episode will kind of focus on a different first lady. Are they gonna do all of them? Viola Davis is actually gonna star as Michelle Obama. Okay. Michelle Pfeiffer playing Betty Ford. Um. Nancy, I'm sorry, Judy Greer will be playing Nancy Howe, uh, Ford's uh, trusted confidant and social secretary. So, and Jillian Anderson will be playing Eleanor Roosevelt. So, are they going to go through so, every single first lady? Every, yeah, I don't know of every single one, but they have cool. contemporary ones, and you know, um, do you think they'll have Melania Trump too? <laughs> you, think I don't know. Be, you never know, right? Um, you don't know. Who would play Melania Trump? Who would be, would be a good one to play? <laughs> um, she could play herself. <laughs> she could play herself, right? Um, oh, there's a Watergate drama coming up on the Stars Network called Gaslit, starring Julia Roberts and Sean Penn. Ooh, that's yeah, Speaking of politics, um, interesting. I coupled this with the other First Lady news, but uh, Sean Penn is set to stars Richard Nixon's loyal attorney general, John Mitchell. And Julia Roberts is playing Mitchell's socialite wife, Martha. Has she been in a movie recently? Julia did that show um, on Amazon Prime, or oh. what was that show? That the limited series, um, Homecoming. She okay. Homecoming. But I haven't seen her. In, I haven't seen her in a movie in a while. Yeah. It's been a minute, right? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're a fan of the Power Universe, Star's franchise, third spinoff, Power Book 4, Force, has just announced a bunch of cast members joining. Lily Simmons from Ray Donovan, Isaac Keys from Get Shorty, Gabrielle Ryan, um, and more joining the cast. And, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about The Walking Dead, um, the much-anticipated Six extra episodes we're getting because they decided to change things up 
and end with season 11. So we're getting six more episodes. This episode was called Home Sweet Home. Chachi, what did you think? I actually really enjoyed it. Like, it really got back to basics and focused mostly on the main characters. And first of all, I feel like I haven't watched the show, like, in years. It really feels like. I know we had that one episode of the finale that came out yeah. um, last fall. That's right. But, I mean... You know, normally, normally in the fall you start a brand new um, season. You know, we'd be almost finished um, that season now. Um, so it felt weird having it begin like late February. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, got back to seeing uh, Maggie. Love Lauren. It's Maggie. And like, you really, it really shows you how shitty a lot of the other characters were on the on the show. That you know, just focusing on Daryl and Carol and Maggie and stuff made it like so much better. And Negan. Than like showing all these like random like like characters you have no idea who they are that you saw like um you know it's a large cast and it's hard it, it is hard to balance all the, the the players in there but, but the show was great when it's just a small cast and it was just um well you know that original... that they had to do that on purpose because of the pandemic they shot these six episodes well, now, in yeah. the pandemic and they they kind of wanted it to be a smaller cast per episode on purpose you know because yeah. of dealing with COVID and stuff like that. I think you know, it actually better. There weren't big group. There weren't big hordes of zombies, as you noticed. There were, there was, you know, walkers spread sporadically, you know, and they said, as I watched the um, Talking Dead after it. It's the first episode that they shot on digital. Uh, they usually shoot Walking Dead on film to give it that more, I guess, cinematic look, I guess. But it was interesting. I kind of noticed a little bit of difference with the uh, cinematography because it was shot on a digital camera. Versus a film camera. So that's something that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and like they were saying, like, the fight scenes, they weren't, like, up-close fight scenes. It was more like, you know, um, trying to shoot somebody who was far, farther away and, you know, that kind of a thing. Cause yeah. Because of COVID. Yep. You know, so yep. it was more like, you know, you're in the woods and, like, you know, somebody's hiding behind a tree and you're trying to, try to shoot them that way. Yep. Which I, I thought it worked. I mean, it was a nice change of pace, at least, for Walking Dead, I thought. Yeah, and we got to see Maggie and Negan for the first time interacting. Of course, Maggie doesn't say a word. She just kind of stares him down. And, you know, Negan's like, you know, just so you know, I I, I didn't escape. You know, he, yeah. he, you know, he was released on good behavior for killing Alpha and saving yeah. the community pretty much. Uh, and this is what? This is supposed to be like five years later, that, the time frame? This is the same time frame. This is immediately after that episode that Maggie returns with the mask guy. So well, right no, after, well, I mean, I mean, when Maggie first left. Um, and, and yeah, we had the time, okay. We had the time jump. The time jump, I believe, was seven years. I oh, think. Seven years, okay. I believe it was seven years. Yeah. So yeah, so, it's kind of cool because, like, you know, he he still killed the love of Maggie's life, you know, and the father of her child. Right. So like, you know, in real life, you know, she wouldn't forgive him. Just be like, oh, well, everybody else forgave you. I'll forgive you now. No. So yeah. and and Negan has been you know, bettering himself over the last seven years or whatever and trying to redeem himself. And then all of a sudden Maggie comes back who people love, you know, um, in the group. And, you know, now he's kind of feeling like, oh, wow, like, you know, she still hates me. It kind of puts Negan in a bad spot after all his redemption because now he's, she's bringing the light like, oh, yeah, we, we did smash my, um, you know, my future husband in the head with a bat and killed him. So, yep, she told she told Herschel, her son named after her father. Yeah. That uh, what happened to the guy that killed dad? You know, well, he was a very bad, bad man. And did he get what he deserved? And she couldn't really answer that because he's still right. alive. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really good. I'm really looking forward to. 
good casting on the son too. Yeah, he's he's a cute kid. Yeah, he's like a young um, young Glenn. Young Glenn, young Glenn, and the combination of Maggie and Glenn. Yeah. So it's cool to see that as well. Um, and of course, yeah, we got five more episodes. So the here's Negan backstory episode, I believe, is going to be the final episode of the six episodes, which. We're gonna find out what made Negan how he is, and it's gonna star oh, his wow. real. Yep, it's gonna star his real life wife, Hillary Burton, um, who's on um, One Tree Hill, um, and uh, yeah, she's playing Lucille. So. Oh, cool. Well, that's definitely one story I've always been interested in, like learning about. Yep, and they never that. like have dived into. Yep, and Rob Robert Kirkman actually wrote the Here's Negan, um, comic book, um, standalone special. So it's actually oh, okay. loosely based on that too, which is great. So source material, which is great, and the other episodes. I think one is going to be all about Daryl and Carol and Daryl's search for Rick. One is going to take place immediately after the Stormtroopers, what they're calling them now, but they're members of that community called Commonwealth. Yeah. It's going to pick up where that episode left uh, left, um, and then another episode will, is going to focus on Father Gabriel and Aaron. So, and next season is the final season. Next season is going to be a supersized final season. So they're going to have, okay. um, I believe, twelve episodes in twenty in late twenty twenty one, and then they're going to have an additional twelve episodes, um, in twenty twenty two. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm not sure why they just didn't make it like season eleven and twelve because they're still a year after each other, but. But, they gotta um, milk it. They gotta milk that cash cow, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why you have all these spinoffs that nobody watches. Yeah, we'll see how the Carol and Daryl spinoff go. Have you ever watched Walking Dead, Anna? Yes, I did, but I stopped. I did don't you even fall know off the map? Yeah, after. Yeah. Uh, I think. Don't it was, tell me after Glenn died because that's where my sister stopped. I think also, yeah. Yeah, that's when a lot of people dropped off. Like they wanted to find out the next season, so they they watched the following season and then they dropped off after that. Yeah, I mean, my mom is still watching it, but. Well, your mom's smart. Your mom watches it. It's a good, it's a good yeah. show. It, it's actually gotten really, really good. Yeah, I won't go that far, but it, it's, <laughs> it's it's gotten better. It's gotten better, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, but a lot of the, a lot of the characters people love, they kill it off, and so a lot of people stop watching. Like, yeah, it's really hard to like build like you know these characters. You start to love them and care for yeah. them, and then like they kill them off, and you're like. Oh. I'm, I'm not well, falling in love with any with other except, character. You're not. With the exception of Rick and Michonne, so they're still alive. They're just not on the show. Right. They'll be back, though. They will be back. Um, um, and two more AMC things before taking a classic cut break. Um, one of my favorites from Schitt's Creek, Annie Murphy. Her next series is going to be on AMC. It's called Kevin Can Fuck Himself, <laughs> with the two stars where the U and the C should be. It's crazy. I can't believe they actually have fuck in the title of an actual series. Yeah, how do you uh, say that? Like, if you're like on an interview? Yeah, Kevin can F himself, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's basically a sit- she's a sitcom, wi- a sitcom wife gone off script. Um, seems like she's in an unhappy marriage. Um, and just her trying to live her life around that. And trailer looks pretty fun. Trailer's out there if you want to check it out. And there's an AMC anime drama called Pantheon, starring Maude Apatow, William Hurt, Corey Stoll, and Lara Pulver. Um, you can check that out also on AMC. Um, but yeah, let's um, 
yeah, let's go ahead and take a classic cut break. Um, when we come back, a couple more uh, TV news bits. Um, and then, of course, a special interview with actor Sean Riggs. So, uh, Chachi, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Where are my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. That's right. It's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's Classic Cut, where each and every week that I'm on the show, at least, I go back into our archives and handpick a classic song. Um, and this week we had another death um, that I'm going to pick a song um, about. Do we have that um, the news article, Al? I, it's, yeah, it's towards the end because we always have hey, the we'll sappy. Up, up the, now, right. The happy, the sappy, sorry, sappy, sad okay. things towards the end of the program. Well, we're going to set it up now in the middle of the show. Well, yeah. Um, his name is Mark Morales. He's a rapper, actor, music producer, better known as Prince Marky D of the Trailblazing <laughs> rap group. The Fat Boys uh, died uh, last Thursday at the age of 52. The cause of death not made pub- public. Um, yeah, I mean, the Fat Boys in 1984 dropped their album, their self-titled album, The Fat Boys. Credited as the first time beatboxing was featured on a hip hop recording. Yeah. Recognized as a crucial landmark in the transition between old school and new school rap. Yeah, and the human oh. beatbox, um, probably the most popular um, person of the trio, um, passed away in, I believe, it was the early 90s. But yeah, they, like they, were in the, they were in the movies back then, like Crush Groove. Like they were, um, you know, pretty popular. Like definitely um, paved the way for a lot of rap that was to come. Um, when they started out. Um, but yeah, this is one of the songs they did um, in 1987. They actually um, did like a, um, you know, did a, a, did a meeting with the um, Beach Boys um, together for a song and kind of like remade um, their song Wipeout, <laughs> you know, which was from the, um, yeah. I believe the 60s, that song came out, but they remade it with the Beach Boys um, and this is also called Wipeout. So it was one of the first uh, few times they actually did um, rap and um, and rock together. Um, and I'm not sure if Run DMC and Aerosmith. Does the Beach did Boys it. really rock though? <laughs> they, they I'm rock? surf rock. They're surf okay, rock. Surf, yeah, surf yeah. rock. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Not a hardcore. Right. Not only that, but here it is um, from the Fat Boys and the Beach Boys. And rest in peace. Mark Moross. Prince Marky. Prince Marky. We'll be back right after the classic cut.
Yeah, that's right. That was Prince Marky D, rest in peace, from the Fat Boys with the Beach Boys and the song Wipeout, 1987. Actually, it was their biggest hit they had. You know, reached number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. It's a fun song. I got to be reacquainted with it on YouTube. Yeah, uh, yeah. They were fun. Fat Boys were fun. I mean, they didn't have a super long career. I wish it would have went longer, but I think after um, the Human Beatbox passed away, that was kind of just going to be it for them. You know, there was no um, reuniting or anything. Yeah. Certainly sad, but yeah, rest in peace. Um, uh, a couple more TV things before we bring on our special guest. Um, on CW, they're actually going to be bringing Stargirl into the Arrowverse. So John Wesley Ship will return as Jay Garrick in a surpri- uh, guest starring role on Stargirl. And he's set to be a part of a flashback episode that will establish him as Earth 2's Justice Society of America. And we'll bring uh, Brie Bassinger's Stargirl into the post-crisis Arrowverse. So, if you watch any of that, Stargirl, or um, if you're a fan of uh, Wesley Ship's uh, Flash, um, Jay Garrick and Flash, um, that would be a great way to bring that show into the Arrowverse, which they're losing a few shows, like Arrow's ended, Supergirl's going to be ending, so they're going to have to replace um, some of the shows with other characters. So, um, Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye himself, is going to be on a Paramount streaming series with Taylor Sheridan's Mayor of Kingstown. Um, and Anton Fuqua is going to be executive producer of that. Um, Pretty cool, something to look forward to. Uh, Paramount Plus is also producing um, an up, upcoming um, adaptation, a series adaptation of The Italian Job. This was a 1969 film, which is going to be remade in, uh, into a series. Um, and it's the Italian Job series is the grandchildren of the legendary Charlie Crocker. Um, inherit his old safety deposit box. The quest for the inf- infamous Italian bullion is reignited. Okay. That's pretty cool. So keeping it in the same storyline. Yeah, they're keeping it in the same storyline with it's the grandchildren. Gee, I like that. Um, from the 1969 film. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. If you're a fan of CBS's Mom with um, Allison Janney and Aaron, Anna Faris, I actually exited. Um, the show, um, that show is ending after the current eight season wraps up. If you're losing Anna Ferris, it's time to hang up. I and mean, that's the star of your show. Yeah. You know? And for whatever reason, Shameless is, is continuing without Emmy Rosam. So don't know why. Uh, Sean Riggs, we're going to be bringing him back on via video this time. So we're really I'm glad I wasn't the only one having technical difficulties at the right? beginning of this call. <laughs> you were? <laughs> What, what issues what issues were you having? I couldn't see you, and then oh, so I had to okay. drop that's off, and then I'm like, that's just weird. And I was clicking on everything, too. And I'm tech-savvy, so I'm... You are tech-savvy, Anna yeah, V. Hey, look at that. You are. You are. <laughs> um, so another video game... <laughs> I just adaptation. had to point that out. Great. <laughs> right. so these are video game adaptations are seem to be really popular uh, lately. This one's the PlayStation Twisted Metal game. They're actually developing a live action comedy TV series based on the Twisted Metal game. So it's going to be with Sony, uh, Sony Pictures Television. Um, I guess they haven't announced what network it's going to. But um, Cobra Kai writer Jonathan uh, Michael Jonathan Smith is writing the project. 
Oh. Yeah, right? Isn't that cool? Thought, uh, also, Death Don't let it ruin Cobra Kai, though. I, well, he's not yeah. leaving. He's just... Okay, no, just write it real quick and get back to Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Deadpool writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick also uh, writing it as well. It's about a motor mouth outsider offered a uh, better chance at life, but only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Um, this one, uh, Sony Pictures is developing an interesting show with Samara Weaving. We loved her in the Bill and Ted 3 film, um, Three Billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. Um, she kind of is like a Margot Robbie clone, which is pretty awesome. But she's going to be in a limited series um, about Playboy bunny turn reality star Holly Madison. Wow. It's based on her memoir, Down the Rabbit Hole, Down the Rabbit Hole, Curious Adventures and Cautionary Tales of a Former Playboy Bunny. She was my one of my favorites. Uh, on the uh, the reality show, The uh, yes. Girls Next Door? Yes. You know, Girls Next Door. Yes, I did. I'm <laughs> but I, I did like Holly Madison, though. Yeah. Just, I thought it was interesting. I was like, I wanted to know more of her, like, her background and everything. Okay. Is that more your, is that more your speed than Victoria's Secret? Yeah. Playboy models? Yes. Right. Yes. Playboy models. <laughs> I, can, I can agree with you there. And this, <laughs> this is what I'm actually looking forward to. This is a, a, um, a competition series based on Frogger. It's not going to be a live action scripted deal. It's going to be like contestants in almost like Frogger, like based on the 80s arcade game. So funny. I was just jumping gonna, on logs. I was going to make a joke about Frogger, like about they're making a um, movie off of Frogger because they're making all these video game movies. Right. I almost made, that, I almost made a joke like, like a minute ago, but then now you bring up Frogger. Now I bring crazy. it up, but it's actually going to be on Peacock. Okay. But that, I that do, makes sense. But, but I do like it being uh, a competition series instead. Yeah. I always thought Frogger would be a fun game to play in like a real yeah. life, like a yeah. like a interactive game, you know, like if trying to where all the shows go to burn in hell, <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> like trying to avoid getting run over by cars. Yeah. And yeah. then jumping on alligator heads. I think that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I think you'd be good at that, Al. Yeah. Wouldn't Al be good at that? <laughs> <laughs> jumping on alligator heads and like lily pads. Uh, that would be kind of fun, man. I, I would love to see that. Heck, you know, sign me up. <laughs> stressful ass game. Yeah, it is a stressful game, dude. For reals. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see on SNL. Nick Jonas is actually going to be doing double duty as the host and musical guest. Holy smokes. Interesting. Wild, man. So, yeah, Saturday Night Live. I'm glad they're still coming up with brand new episodes. They had Regé Jean Page last week. They were just all the cast, all the female cast members swooning over him. It was pretty funny. But um, I really liked the Britney Spears talk show. Chloe Feynman played Britney Spears. And uh, she was interviewing um, <laughs> different people, one being um, um, Pete Davidson's version of Governor um, Cuomo, which is great. And then um, um, A.D. Bryant played Ted Cruz coming back from Cancun with like the uh the braided hair, you know, when you oh, get your yeah, hair yeah. braided at Cancun. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Definitely worth a look if you're an SNL fan. Um and over on ABC there's a hip hop drama called Queens. Eve um will be the star of that. Hails from writers Ahira McGee. Um centers on four strange and out of touch women in the forties who reunite for a chance to recapture their fame and swagger. 
This actually sounds identical to the show that Tina Fey is producing called Girls Five Ever with yeah, Sarah yeah. Bareilles. But this is like a hip hop version of that, you know, like they're trying to regain their fame. Exactly, exactly the same plot as that. Pretty <laughs> crazy. And um, Zoe Deschanel will be hosting a celebrity dating game. So where um, celebrities are going to try um, dating, I guess, I'm guessing the contestants are non-celebrities. And then every week or every show or maybe every season, um, we'll have a different celebrity be the focus of it. Um, but that's going to be on ABC. Um, and it's also rumored that Rachel Lindsay will be hosting the After the Rose special. As you know, Chris Harrison has decided not to um to host that show, that's a live show. That's why, because all the other episodes that are on now um, are, have already been recorded. But Anna, if, if you know who uh, the host of The Bachelor is, he got a little bit of heat because he's defending one of the contestants who posed with an antebellum-themed um, sorority party that she attended. I'm not defending her, saying that basically in 2018 it wasn't a problem, but in 2021 it's a, it, it's a problem because of the lens of 2021 and then Rachel Lindsay, the first black bachelorette was all up in arms saying that it's not a good look ever. 2018, 2021. It's just not a good look in general. And he got in a lot of heat for it. Um, and because of that, he actually decided to step down, which he says he decided to step down. Wonder was the higher ups at ABC said that Chris, you might want to step down for right now. Um, but um, they just had the um, final hometown dates. Um, one of the girls actually rejected The Bachelor. So who's hosting the um, Bachelor now? Does it say? Well, the, the the Bachelor now has all been taped episodes. Oh, so he's okay. So the after yeah, the final sense. rose yeah. is the live show where they they talk to um, the Bachelor and the Bachelor the, the girl that he's chosen to be as you know to being you know, to be with, and they kind of like give you an update. But because all those episodes he already shot, they're still airing them as is. Okay, so he won't be there for the um, for the um, the final episode then. The final, the, the live, live, yeah. live final, yeah, Rose. He, they already taped the um, the the ones where the girls reunite, women tell all. <laughs> there, there you go. go. That's what's up. Jesus, can't see. I get this. Is, yeah, I hate rings. technology. I, really I know, technology, man. man. Let's do um. Can we do um landscape view? Yeah, there we go. Okay, okay there it is. We got it working, now. man. <laughs> this is this is this is very weird. I I, I hate all of this. <laughs> <laughs> We're just happy uh, with this, John. This is the pandemic, boy. man. This, I know. Yeah. Um, you give me two seconds now. I got to plug the charger up to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite all right, man. But we're right, like, we're excited to bring on our uh, next special guest, guys. Um, an actor, Sean Riggs. He's had credits in um, Bosch, um, You on Netflix. Chuch, I know you're a big uh, fan of You. Um, SWAT, and um, he's a lead actor as well as executive producer on uh, this film called Lazarus, which is going to be on Tubi this Friday. Um, that's February 26th. So yeah, we're really excited to have Sean Riggs join us. So there we go. Okay. 
Oh, I, yeah, I can tell you right now, I hate Skype. <laughs> we see you good. We hear you good. <laughs> Skype is not my friend. Yeah, uh, you got it now. Okay. All right. Now I'm plugging it up. How you guys doing? Awesome. We're great. Awesome. All right. We're ready to introduce you. That's right. We have actor extraordinaire Sean Riggs, the star of Lazarus, which is on Tubi this Friday. February 26th. John, it's good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Hey, guys. Thank you for having Guys and women. Ladies, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me on here. I'm excited about it. I heard about your show, too. Awesome. I, I'm excited. We're excited to have you on because I, I'm really impressed of what y'all did with a, on, an yeah. indie, on an indie level to produce a superhero movie because – Usually, superhero movies requires these crazy budgets. Yeah, $100 million. Uh, crazy special effects. But, guys, you guys pulled it off, man. You guys pulled yeah. it off. So, congratulations, I, man. It's not an easy task, I'm sure, right? Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> it, was, um, it took a while to get it done. But, at, like you just said, something that when, you just, when you're looking at the competition level, you see Marvel. And that's the first thing you think about. So right. one of our biggest things was to keep the film grounded. And that was going to be the biggest way that we were going to do that. And to understand that we're not trying to compete against Marvel, but to stay in our lane. And staying in our lane is what made it easier to understand. It. Because a lot of people, when they say superhero, I get I get scared because I don't want uh, one of the producers or somebody from Marvel and say, oh, you, 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 you're a superhero. Okay. You're trying to compete against <laughs> trying to compete against black panther like, no you know this is i'll say supernatural supernatural <laughs> there you go supernatural that's a, that's, superhero that's a way of work, uh, working with the words there but if you could tell us since you're also a producer on 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 the film um yeah. tell us about because uh, it's written by rl scott now i was doing trying to do a little research it was this based on the image comic or is this a completely original story that rl scott wrote this was a completely original story. Okay. So when we first did it, um, we created it together. And he wrote, of course, the meat and potatoes of everything that we wanted to um, see on, on screen. So the biggest thing about it, I always envisioned myself to do something of a, uh, on a hero capacity. But I wanted something that was a little bit different, that was fun, that was a little bit more gritty and grime, um, dark and, and had a thriller essence to it. Yeah. So me and R.L., we met... Just a little bit of history about me and brother R.L. Scott. We met about 15 years ago. Oh, wow. And it was on a, um, another project called um, Slums 13. It never got into fruition. And I remember it was when MySpace was out. Yes. So I went to go see him. And I said, this guy is doing indie films. I love indie films. I want to create indie films. So we went on his journey. He was living in Atlanta. I had, I'm from Chicago. I was staying in Atlanta at the time. And then um, we came here to L.A., and then I went back to Atlanta, met him, and me and him just hit it off real easy. We had a great camaraderie. He ended up moving out here. Uh, we wrote a film together called Fuse. That didn't go into fruition, and we wanted to get funding for it. Well, you think about about 10-plus years ago, was, you had to get a significant amount of money if you wanted to get the right resources to get right. the film done. So around then, we were looking about trying to get $300,000. It didn't work out, but we still had that energy. We would go out and try to shoot um, a, a small trailer for it and all these action scenarios. So from there, I started really getting connected to the stunt community. One of them was um, China McCoy. He did, um, he was the Lawrence Fishburne's double in Matrix. Oh. And 
we were, I remember when we worked, we had three cameras. I was learning about all these practical stunt effects of how you can break someone's leg by putting cotton in it or tissue or something or wow. some pillow Oops. and, and you can, you can close, um, put the camera close up on it and break their leg. So wow. <laughs> years later, we ended up um, connecting forces. I had a great friend of mine, still my great um, friend today. It's like family. His name is Amy Joseph. He's on the show Snowfalls, which is actually debuting tonight at 10 o'clock. Oh, nice. And uh, I came to Amen, and then um, next thing you know, we all gathered together and we created this, we produced this TV series called Two Ye Quinn. And the, the show was about Haitian gun runners. So we ended up gathering up this great circle of actors and, 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 and martial artists, um, um, stunt people, uh, everybody that we can get our hands on in LA and we created this. If you wanted to look it up, you can go look it up. It's on, um, on, on, on YouTube still. It's called two year point. As a matter of fact, it's on, on, on Tubi now. It oh, was cool. put up on Tubi. And from there, that sparked the energy for us to go and produce a film called call me King. Now, Amy led the charge on call me King as executive producer. I came on as co-producer. So we basically, I saw even Amy then, that was the time that we were able to see that resources were cheaper, that you can get your hands on great equipment, uh, great, uh, uh, great cinematic cameras for lower costs. You didn't right. have to go buy the $100,000 cameras. You can now get um, a 4K camera, uh, a Canon camera, or, um, well, nowadays it's like the Black Magic or the CC3s or, you know, yes. technical cameras that you can get that, that give you that, that, that cinematic, cinematic value. quality, yes. Yes, that quality. Uh, and so we produced a film called McCain, and it made its debut on Netflix. We did a small theatrical run, and then it got on Netflix. And then from there, it was just so much that I was involved with, and I saw then, this can, this can be done. We can make an action film. It might take a little bit longer. But... I would rather a year pass and that I'm almost done with something than a year pass and I'm still sitting there thinking about trying to do it. Right. So when Call Me King was done, I remember we came and we talked with RL. We were doing stuff with deliverables and um, he said, yo, let's um, produce something together. Let's do an action film. Immediately, I didn't have any direction at that time. Had no money. I just said, we're going to do it. Didn't it just when you're ambitious and you're passionate about something. Mm hmm. You just figure out a way. You don't know. I just, I, I, the universe yeah. just has a way of just saying, if you say yes before you even ask the universe, I'm going to bless you because you had faith before you even tried to really dig yourself into knowing what you're getting yourself into. Okay. So from there, what happened was I wanted to do a trailer first. The trailer was to just get it out there and get investors. Um, was building up money for that. And as an actor, I kept getting blessed. And I'm never going to go astray from this. I got blessed on it. It's a, a great project with Tyler Perry. That was it. Once I had that, I, I'm not the type of person to want to keep seeing my money being spent on Jordans or anything like that. Said, <laughs> well, if I'm going to go out there and, and ask people for money. Special edition Jordans, man. Yeah, right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> if most of my gigs in my career, if the only thing I can walk away from it and say is that I just paid my rent and I got some nice gear. And I had a good time and I had some fun and I didn't invest in myself, then I can only blame myself if, if I don't ever get those particular gigs that I want. So I wanted an action film. I wanted to be the lead in an action film. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to ask anybody for money. I'm going to take my money 
and then I'm going to do some stuff, and this is what we're going to do. So uh-huh. literally bought the equipment, bought the Black Magic camera, ended up buying the Black Magic Pocket Mini, bought all first things first was the tools, bought every particular oh, tool yeah. that Very we would important. need, Very all important. of the tools. There, it was no talk about going out to shoot anything until we had all the tools. Then started with about four of us, all the scenes. We did wardrobe. Wardrobe, we got blessed. Arlene Flores was, here's the crazy part, working at Fox Studios. She worked in the Fox Studios wardrobe department and hooked us up. Her husband was poet in the film. And because of that connection, we were able to get wardrobe right at Fox. So I set up shop at Fox and people were like, oh my God, this film is huge. Didn't even realize this was just blessings just starting to happen. And then now we had- That's amazing. Uh, 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 the amount of wardrobe we had was incredible and it didn't cost me nothing but pennies thank you to Arlene Flores and and Fox Studios they showed a lot of love got the suit save that on budget man yes we got the suit tailored and made at um, Fox the helmet came from London got it from a London artist and, and made it the way we wanted it and then we got into production and next thing I know once you just get out there and you just get started, you just keep going, keep going, and keep going. And it did take over a year to complete everything. The wow. stunt community, it just took a lot of work. I'm saying, man, four o'clock in the morning, I would sit at places in the east side of Los Angeles. I had a graffiti artist. I said, listen, I need a city that looks like everything that you paint. And she and her husband were big artists out east side of Los Angeles. She took me to the east side of Los Angeles, and it was all she wrote. I stayed there. Oh. I kept finding locations over there. I would walk into warehouses where NCIS and big companies were shooting there. And it was just me with a tank top on, with my do-rag on, my hat to the back, and the clipboard. <laughs> and, they, and they would look me up and down and say, yeah, well, you don't have 50 trucks pulling up here, so I'm not going to charge you the 50 truck price. I charge <laughs> you <laughs> the ambitious independent filmmaker price. And that's how I would get it. I would have to literally wait for these places to open, to meet the owners. And that's wow. how I would find them. Because I, I couldn't get a number, so I would just wait until it opened and say, hey, who's the owner? I just you know, want to talk to you about this place. This place looks really great. And it kept happening like that. It kept happening. There were places that were demolished after we left. It was insane. We would shoot. Next thing you know, the place is being demolished. Wow. So it was just like you could tell that this the universe is really, really tailoring this and 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 fine tuning this for yeah. what we wanted to do and looking out for us. And I kept saying that all the time. I said, "Hey, we're being looked out. They, we, someone's looking out for us. You know, no this film doubt. is going to be uh, completed." So, um, so you talk was, about lo- locations being taken care of, wardrobe being taken care of. So let's talk about the the actors because uh, you got some great names in this project, man. Tell us right. about landing a Maya and then Costas Mandalore from the Saw franchise and, and some of those actors that have joined the film as well. Okay, so um, first I'll talk about Costas Mandalore. He was a great friend. He's actually a good friend of Varel, and he had a great connection with him. He, had, um, he loved the concept. He wanted to be involved. He, he just loved he's – just a, he's, a, he's an artist. He's a thespian, and if you have a passion for something, he wanted to be involved with it. He came and he had an incredible rate, a reasonable rate for who he is. Sat yes. and talked with him, met with him out in um, Malibu, and he just, nice. he just can see that, you know, he just talks like this and you look like you, you, you're definitely going to do this. I, I, I like, <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> Must have been Malibu that convinced him. Like, Man, I remember him. 
from the mob movie, like this yes. is Casas Mandalore. So after that, he was definitely on, and we just had to make sure that whenever we shot him, we had his um um had a, had 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 a, knew his schedule. So we made sure that we knew exactly when he was going to be able to shoot. And I what I wanted to do was I set out a block of two weekends for just Costas Mandalore when we got to his particular scenes. Okay. So we had to shoot like that. So I would have a clipboard. You, my apartment was insane. It was at one point I had half of the wardrobe inside my apartment. Oh wow! And you saw all of my boards, you know, my my uh, my you know my eraser marker eraser marker boards, and I would have all the scenes up there, and, and I would circle his as a star, make sure that when we get to him, we're gonna get all of his scenes done in one week, and then he'll be okay. Maya, now that one was crazy too. I, um, R&B superstar Casey X, Bully Bukashay avec Massa Swat. What's up, man? That's 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 man, all. Now, you know, I'm, I'm I'm from Chicago and I'm from the hip hop dance world. Yes, I had always dreamed like, yo, I want to get a chance to dance with Maya. Right, you know, but um, and um, I remember there was another actress. I'm not gonna state her name. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. A, you know, it, this is not negative. She had things that she wanted that we couldn't provide right and it just wasn't working out so i came to all and i said listen this actress is a little older anyway I, I respect her and her craft i said but i think we need a younger fresh type of face that i mean a younger face that appeal to a, a younger audience to give us that demographic because we're going to we need to we already got costas you know he's he's one he's university if you don't know costas then you just need to leave the filmmaking world <laughs> uh, the movie world in general um so i said my agent, I had an agent of mine who um, ended up starting her own management company. So mm-hmm. she went on to do her own management company. And I and, and lo and behold, I looked and I said, wow, she manages Maya right now. So I called her up and I said, hey, I got something that I think Maya, maybe, you know, I don't know, you know, Maya's huge. And she told me, she said, you know, Maya's actually been looking for something like this. So let me run it by her. And then she <laughs> ran it by her and Maya came back quickly and was like, yeah. And so I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> um, and I was just thinking like, this is really going to happen. Once yes. again, and here's the other thing. This is Maya. She came in with an extraordinarily reasonable rate. She's already had, she has a great career. She just wanted, she was a humble individual and she saw something she believed in and she believed in the project. Something she, she hasn't said, done before, too, right? Right. She said, look, I have some tours coming up. It was, uh, I remember that. It was literally in 2016. Um, and she said, um, I have some tours coming up. As long as you can do that out of, out of my tours, before my main tours are coming up, we're fine. So then when we finally got started in shooting, it was a date that we locked. And some things happened that messed up um, on the end of, um, could have stopped us from mm-hmm. shooting. And I said, no. We're going to go. It was basically, if I could say that there was 50 hats that I was looking to be worn by 50 people, they were all gone. So I had to go wear those hats. So I said, no, yes, we're going to shoot and we're going to stick to the schedule because now I feel like the universe is looking at me like, you you got Maya. <laughs> I, I, I didn't did it. Now you're going to tell me you're going to quit because right. of this? <laughs> so um, she had a tour coming up and I said, look, all right, we're going to get started. That's our day. And we started with her first. She was our right. first actress that we got done and i found locations where i said we can get all of her stuff done in this amount of time and then she can be on tour and then now we can we'll have that 
and she was so incredible. She was such an incredible talent. She came by, even when we went to, had the wardrobe at Fox, she showed up for all of that, you know, did everything. She was so happy about it. And um, she got involved. And then when the project was over, not just to mention that she did that, on top of all of that, we had a theme song that was being rapped by um, this guy named R-Truth. If you know anything about the WWE universe. Yes, yes. R-Truth. Uh, of course. Yeah. Shanti actually battled him at a rap-off years Several ago. times, right? Yes. Yeah, several times. <laughs> he lost, <laughs> but he did I a did. rap-off. Yeah, he, <laughs> he won, he won, it. but it was, it was close. R-Truth? <laughs> R-Truth is actually on your soundtrack. He sure is. And it's done by um, J-Trax, Justin J-Trax Echoes out of Atlanta. He um, was representing, he's the manager of R-Truth, and he's the producer of all of his music. He helped oh. me to call me King soundtrack, and I've been knowing J-Trax for a minute, too. I sat endless nights in the studio with J-Trax, and he kept telling me on Call Me King, brother, when you get your action, I want, I'll, I'm going to help you. He's going to do this. And then when Lazarus came up, he said, I got you. He came with R-Truth, and I said, wow. Heard the song, and J-Trax was singing on a hook, and I said, if a female was singing on this, a woman, this would be incredible. What about Maya? He said, can you get Maya to sing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, everything else is working, right? Right. All I could do is ask. Right. And I literally reached out and asked, and she said, send a song. And I sent a song. We have, But here's the thing. We already have been talking about that, oh. about doing the song. And she said that I'll, she sent me some of her songs on her catalog. And I said, we're going to want to do an original one, but I don't want to make her have to do so much work on right. an original one. I got to have it made. She heard it and immediately came back and said, this is great. And then she oh, said, look, uh, I'll come into town. You just got to give me studio space. And I said, I literally got what? it that day. I made it happen. <laughs> I said, she just wants studio space. And I had another friend of mine who's Keith Harris. He produces with um, Fergie. And oh, wow. uh, um Michael Jackson, he, Michael Jackson, he's done a lot. He was he was so open to that, and he gave me studio space. He said, oh, you have a Maya in there? All right, well, I'm going to give you the, the, the Maya's going to be in my studio discount. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was incredibly uh, helpful in that. We got a studio. The studio was incredible, and yeah. we got the soundtrack done. Well, well, we got that song, particular song done. Our truth killed it on that. J-Tracks. Killed it on that. Was Arch in the studio as well, or did, did they? Did they? Did Maya? In Atlanta. Okay, so Maya sang over Arch's tracks. Right. So this nice. is what I had to do. Uh, I had to sit in there in the engineering studio with J tracks via FaceTime, okay. and so just like I was talking to you, Maya right. was in the background in the studio with the engineer right here. She's singing the track, and J tracks I would turn the laptop around so he could see her. And oh, then he wow. would come back to me and then tell me, all right, tell Maya to do it this way. And then um, I'll put the microphone to it. So we orchestrated it the perfect way and got wow. the song done. But if you, nice. I'm going to figure out a way of getting, letting everybody start hearing that because it's on the end of the film when you um, hear it. Oh, it's yeah. Like, you heard incredible. That. But yeah, that's, a, that's a story on Maya. And um, actually, and I have to hit her back now because she wants, some, she wants um, some trailers assets so she can start posting about the film. Absolutely. But Maya's wow. got a really cool character. She's kind of very all-knowing. She knows the source of your character's powers, the extent of your, your character's powers. So um, mm -hmm. I was hoping to see a little bit more. We just got a little, little, a little taste of Maya, not the, not, not in the whole film, but uh, kind of uh, the all-knowing character, I guess, right? Right, right. And so that's something that, you know, we're going to build on. So these that was the biggest thing is just 
I didn't look at this as a one and done. I looked I looked at this as a universe. Oh, we could, we, we could tell. We could tell yeah. because of this. Yeah, exactly. I was, that was going to be my question. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Ada. I know where you're going. Go ahead and throw it out, Ada. Yeah, when it ended, I was like, oh, wait. So that opens it up for uh, a sequel then. So, And there's like different uh, aspects of the story that can have continuation. So yeah, that answers my know, question. <laughs> the thing is about this, you know, sometimes... You, you 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 see things and you say I want to see that I want to see that I want to see that then one one day you look in a mirror and then the mirror is talking to you and you're saying I want to see that but it's talking to you and it's saying well that means I need to go do that then okay <laughs> so because you want something so sometimes you have to orchestrate it on your own it's just like that you know and um I, I I'm a big advocate of that that if you really want something in this world, if you're, if it's not happening a certain way that you're getting it given to you, then maybe you have to go out and make it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's what I felt like needed to be done. Well, Lazarus yep. to get out there and get it done. Yep. And we saw that in, in what you're alluding to Anna in the um, mid credit scene. So you, you borrowed from a lot of the popular superhero movies, which I loved, and you threw in your own mid credit scene, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had to do that, right? You listen, listen. Hey, <laughs> but you know the crazy part: timing is everything. It's amazing because Marvel isn't really doing anything right now, and so it isn't saying that they're not going to do anything. That's my son in the background. He's excited. Awesome. He's mad. Awesome. He's, he's mad oh, when he's, I'm not giving him attention. How old is he? <laughs> he's um almost two. Two. Uh, he's um uh, what's the months? Uh, okay, twenty-two months. Okay. <laughs> so he'll be, um, awesome. He'll be awesome. two in uh, April 24th. Actually, it's the 24th today. He'll be two in um, two months. Um, oh, that's adorable. Happy early birthday. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get let's get more into the film. So, uh, again, your your character uh, has a crazy powers. You can – I didn't see the, the super-duper nuts crazy powers till like, the last fight scene. But initially mm-hmm. – Man, you are one powerful motherfucker. <laughs> Pretty much impervious to gunshots, super strength, hand-hand combat. I mean, you got all those powers going for you. Healing power. And then at the end, we see this power where you absorb, I guess, the life force of, of, yes. of some of your your your, your op- opposition. And uh, that's insane. I mean, that's going on like straight up. Thanos level of superpowers, yeah. man. That's crazy. Well, well, first, first of all, you're not gonna keep telling the whole movie for everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you know, I, I like to like to divide the non-spoilery, the spoilery stuff, but uh, right. I think I think I've already said enough as it is. But uh, but it was but good to right. see. It's good to see that, and and it's a very Lazarus is a very powerful hero. Yes, yes. And what I love is the dynamics and the um the weaknesses of him. So he doesn't seem so perfect. You can understand that he has his weaknesses where you see where he can be defeated, which we learn that in certain scenarios, which you already saw. Well, that's where I wanted to construct him to be, where you can really see where there there's a big there's a weak side, there's a weakness to him. So that's where you, he can build on the strength in him, and he will continue to get stronger as long as he's conquering all of these weaknesses that he has in him. It's a balance, and that's what I really wanted to have. That I don't want to, you know, to me, one of the most perfect characters out there is 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 Superman. 
you know, who can be Superman, but kryptonite. Kryptonite right. is something that, you know, he can't get around. Yes. So I wanted to really tap into the kryptonite for Lazarus. And it had to be unique because, once again, there is something about him. And when there are mentions of what we're doing in the future, just trust me, I think that there are going to be some incredible things that we can build towards this universe around that because that's the biggest thing that people want to see is more of his origins and who he is. And because of the type of budget we had, we really constructed it the way that we had just to bring people in and not give we give we gave enough, not give too much, but just to a point where, like you said, I want to see more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to see where yeah. this is going to go. So well, I, I saw on IMDb the Almighty Street Team on your IMDb. So uh, your character of Lazarus returning with several of the other characters in this universe that you're alluding to. So th- would this be the official sequel for Lazarus? This Almighty Street. Um, not exactly. That was something that we were talking about, but that's not something that was etched in stone because okay. the character Lazarus stands apart on his own. It's an original character, so we did have talks about that before. But you know, that's just something that we didn't really understand what we were doing, as in where we wanted to put it. And an Almighty Street Team is actually an original comic book series, written by a bunch of brothers, and they are characters that come out of Detroit, I believe it is. Okay. So that wasn't something that isn't. So I don't want to definitely say that. Okay. Of course, that was just put up on IMDb, but nothing's really into fruition until you actually see it. Got so it was it. just something that we just connected just because we didn't know. But now that I'm seeing what's been happening, especially since we've been screening Lazarus, he stands apart. And people have been saying, hey, we want to get used to this character first before we see an Avengers type. Mm-hmm. But, the, but at the same time, he never is. he's not a part of that particular universe on my street team. That was something different. But mm-hmm. basically it was an idea that we were having. But now we see that Lazarus is a strong character where he stands into this particular universe. And now we can we can really tap into that a little bit more. I love it. Let's talk, uh, talk about some of the choreography. This is some of man on an independent level. Fight choreography was on point, man. Talk to us through it. Um, a lot of the guys are stunt guys, so you didn't really need to yeah. hire any stunt doubles. The, they did all the fighting themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're going to call me crazy again, what I decided to do and how I made that happen. But when we first started, it was, it was, it's it's such an, it's such an expensive, you know, luxury to have on a film stunts, not just stunts, stunt men. And you, you ever see a film and you, you say that, you know, they got action scenes, but probably see a total of about five to 10 men fighting in it. And you're like, ah, they didn't really have a lot of money. I said, I'm going to figure out a way that we're going to get this to work. So what we did was some of the stunts that we had were significant in the beginning. We had so much footage together, took that footage. And then I ran to the stunt community for that. Johnny Alexander, he's one of our cinematic um, uh, cinematographers on the film. He's actually a big stunt guru in the industry. He just finished working with Avatar. He was connected to the stunt community, joining all movements. If you know about Jam, uh, out in L.A. with Aaron Tony. Aaron Tony owns a studio. If you know anything about Aaron Tony, if you watch Black Panther, that's Aaron Tony. Oh, snap. Oh, okay. He, he does it all. He's an incredible stunt guy. And he does. he's the one that you see that, that flips on top of the toe and land on the toenail and then kick you from uh, across the street. <laughs> <Somewhere>. <laughs> but, um, 
So I, what I did was I approached it from a different perspective. Okay, so it's just like actors. You got actors who have been in the industry, right, for a minute. You got actors that are just getting into the industry. Are you going to say that the actors getting into the industry are not good as the actors that are been in? No, they just haven't had what? Their break. Right. They need what? What do they need? Footage. They need to get on something. They yes. need a short film. They need a film. Give them a chance. So that's why I found the common denominator with the stunt community. How can we help you where you can help us, but we help each other? So it isn't just that you're coming on. So what I did was that. I got on to Ellie Casson. I, I talked to the stunt community. I started, got, I befriended one, talked to one, showed them the footage. I went to stunt parties. You ever been to a stunt party? It's crazy. You just think somebody's about to fly out the window. I went, I've been to one. My buddy Gabe Bellotti. He did stunts on Rookie um, on LA. He took me to one. They had this, their own fucking scaffolds. Motherfucker yes. jumped off the scaffold into a trampoline. And uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Listen, oh these guys have fun. They are a fun crowd to be yes. around. And it's almost like you're looking around, you see every person that could be, it's almost like you look at, you see all the Brad Pitt, the Angelina Jolie's, or the Denzel Washington, but they're stuntmen. <laughs> right. But they right, look yeah. like all of them. So once again, long story short, I befriended a small group of stuntmen and it just trickled into that. They started building. So then I, once again, I got to my list. I had a list of the guys who could do the big type of stunts, the flips, you know, the kicks, the, the, the real, you know, hardcore stunts that you just, you see that there's production value. Then I had stunt guys that were just good at taking falls and taking hits and that they wanted to build their resume. And so I came to all of the stunt community and I just worked with them. And I just said, hey, look, I'll take care of you. I'll feed you. I'll, I'll, I'll do everything. I call every single stunt person. We had about 80-something stuntmen. That's a, and that's I a bunch. Yes, wow. I called every single stunt person. Took time to have a conversation with them about what we're doing. And listen, it's something about just being nice, being a, being, being a human being, treating people like they mean something. And that's how I want to be treated. So yes. I saw that the, the stunt community mattered to get to, to come out here and help. And they came. When they saw what we were doing, they said, wow, I want to have my stunts on something like this. So next thing I know, we were having a scene with 40 guys and a scene with 30 guys. And it was easy to have them to keep coming and keep coming. And then when a the word was getting around, they were like, oh, I heard. What this Lazarus? Yes. Yes. I'm going to give me some dope footage. And <laughs> we had some wild scenes. I mean, there was a scene where I had on uh, some, you know, without saying too much, it's on the trailer. It was a big scene, a rooftop. And, the rooftop um, had, scene and the last scene. Yes, Holy we smart. had a, it was a, a, it was a few, it was a couple of rooftops that we had to do yeah. just to kind of match a lot of stuff. And I remember the cops came because we were up there with guns. And so <laughs> we're in the middle of downtown LA and you know, you got, we're in a rooftop that was down, not on top, but in the middle. So it's got buildings that can see down right, and they yep. just see these people out here, guns, the whole, it was round skid row. The whole block wow. was covered with cops. We're looking over the edge like, oh shit. Uh, is that for us? I, I, so I had to get everybody ready. I said, all right, you go over there. Where's my paperwork? All right, y'all just get ready. I said, everybody just put this, be cool. Put the guns in the pile over there. <laughs> <laughs> and 
We had a drone oh in the God. sky. And, uh, it was so funny. It was a drone in the sky. And I said, where's the drone? The drone guy was already like, it's already put in the boxes over here. We cool. I said, all right, everybody just calm down. I'm going to handle this. Cops came up there. One of the per- people who called and said, yeah, we just got a call. I, I had the paperwork, had the permits. And what I forgot to do was just actually go by the precinct. And they said, they checked everything out. And they said, okay. He saw the outfit, the Lazarus outfit. And he was looking. He was like, who, what are you? <laughs> so I'm a hero. I'm a hero officer. I'm just here trying to save the world on the roof. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of, very funny. They laughed about it. They said, yeah, we have like SWAT team downstairs. But it's okay. It's cool. We see everything's okay. All right. Chief it's LA. They have to understand Los Angeles. That's where movies happen. So yeah, the chief came up there. They all came and they had a good laugh about it. And they were just like, "Yeah, say we respect your professionalism." Saw the paperwork and they said, "All right, wait, well, you have a good time." He said, "But just next time." <laughs> and this is exactly what the cop said. He said, "Next time, come down to the precinct because sometimes we have helicopters that fly around. They got guys on there that snipers. right. You don't want you don't want that to happen." Oh God! <laughs> just, wow. And I said, give, him, give, give him a heads up. I never knew. He said, yeah, they fly around. They, they're guys in there with guns, and if they look down, and yeah. they don't know. They don't know. You know, you don't want that. So I said, Good. yeah, I'm making sure I'm definitely going to come tell you guys next time. <laughs> Give them a heads up, man. But hey, man, indie, indie filmmaking, I tell you. Yo, Sean, amazing that we can check out this film on uh, Friday the 26th on Tubi phenomenal job in the film it's great but but really quick i want to talk about, about your tv credits you got some great tv credits chachi i know you're a big uh, you fan netflix oh, yeah. you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah how's that experience working on that show oh that was incredible i love the show me and my wife we uh were big um fans of it from season one when i first saw it yeah. i thought i said ah, this is a unique perspective it's, it's like a uh a, 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 uh what was it uh is it dexter it, it was yeah. another version of Dexter, but on the stalking side of it. Like, he was, right. we were yeah. seeing that you were falling for this character. Right. And then there was a splash of Ted Bundy in there. <laughs> if you think about it, if you really look at Joe Goldberg, it's a splash of that in there. And they make you yes. like this character and make sense of him being a stalker. And when you look at it, you're like, oh my God, he's really a crazy ass dude. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, so when season two came around and I got the opportunity to work on it, I was just overly excited. You know, I was telling the writers, like, I knew everything. They're like, all right, you, you watch yeah. that. Of course. I'm like, this is you. I mean, this is right? us. This is you. This is we. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience um, working on that. I didn't necessarily get a chance to actually meet Joe, um, only through Crossing because of, you know, the trailers, everybody's working. So, really, I was connected to John Stamos. Um, oh, um, awesome. really, okay. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a really good guy. Was that your scene partner, John Stamos? No, no, he wasn't my scene partner, but he was working the same. He was work. He was in the actual precinct where I okay. was a detective, so he was locked up. Yeah, so okay. he was he was a therapist, right? Right, right, right. So at the time of that, if you know about the show, he was locked up. Oh yeah. I, was, I came by the cell one time, and I was just like, John, I was like, what you do? Like, what you in? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so hilarious because he caught right on because I walked by and I just see that uh, he's in, inside the little jail cell. And I'm like, John Stamos, what are you here for? <laughs> so we talked for a good minute. He was a good guy. We uh, had a little photo or whatever, but um, 
yeah, it was a, it was a cre- an incredible experience. They're actually shooting season three soon. Okay. The writers, yeah. are, they're they're book writers. They're incredible. You're hoping so you get that was, call uh, for Detective uh, McNamara make a return. Oh, they. You know, the funny thing was, I auditioned for one role, and then um didn't get it. But then they called me and said they liked me for something else. They were trying to get me in something. I said, it's okay. You guys are really wanted me in something. So next thing I know, I get a call from my agent and said, okay, this time you don't have to go in. They just want to give you this role for Detective nice. McNamara. Wow. And I started laughing. I said, yeah, I know they want me to have the role. I said, when have you ever seen a black man named McNamara? I've never <laughs> in my life oh my God. seen a black man with the last name McNamara. That's <laughs> it. That's it. So they must really want me. Okay. I didn't even know what to think. <laughs> it works. It was, what about, it was great. Like, what about, like, whenever something doesn't work out, it always works out better for you down the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does. It really does. It, it's like, I'm not like when, it, you know, 10 years ago when it would have been like harder with like worse technology and a lot more expensive and it didn't work out, but then it comes back and now, you know, 10 years later or whatever it was, it works out like, like even better than you ever could have imagined. Yep. You got the timing is always perfect. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty incredible. And uh, really quick, um, what about Bosch? Up early, oh. you know. Um, Bosch, you know, um, the road. Yes, you're right about that. You said um, um, Bosch? Bosch? Yeah, well, I was curious about your role on Bosch as Russell Barnes. Yes, I, um, I'm playing an ex-felon. On on Russell Burns, um, he basically is tied into something that was some criminal activity, and he's basically getting sought out after by Harry Bosch, and um, you know, um, Jamie uh, Jamie Hector, you know, he's on the show as well. Yep. So, you know, they know I'm affiliated with something that's going on in this particular episode, and yeah, that one was a really, 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 really some really great work. So I think people are going to really love that. I don't know when it's coming out. I think it's okay. spring time that they said because we shot that back in October. Okay. So um, it was actually my first job post, well, not post. It's still going on. First job within the pandemic. Within the pandemic, was, exactly. They say everything that's going on. Um, we were actually living in Atlanta for one year, and then when I got back to LA, we left for Atlanta June of 2019 and got back to LA August 2020. And um, that was the first gig that I ended up booking as soon as I got back to L.A. Nice. So it was it was incredible. Harry Bosch, he's literally that guy. He's that guy. Like when he's cut, he's just off. He has yeah. a cigarette. And I walked by and I said, oh, you really do smoke? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, and then I, I walked away. He said, hey, Sean, doing a good job. And I was just like, man, brother, you, you you're him. You're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see him but, in Mandalorian? I didn't see that yet. I okay, have okay. to watch that. <laughs> I was shocked a, to see him in the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm a big binge watcher. I okay. like to just binge watch and you know as much as much as possible. Okay. We just finished um Hell on Wheels. I don't know if you know about that show. Uh, I you got it. I heard that, about it. it. It's really good. And Commons in the show. Um. I've got the lead actor's name. He it's about the time of building the railroads and all of the things that were going on, the war, the war, the race to building the Continental Railroad and all of that that was happening with these characters. And a lot of them were actually true characters from real life. So if you ever get a chance, check that show out. And I gotta ask, with all the quarantine people staying at home, 
how did you get in superhero shape, man? Because you you're you're a rip swole. You're swollen that on that show. In the movie. Yo, um, let me tell you, right? That's I I, I used to run track. I ran track for okay. twelve years, and I was damn good. And I played football, so I, athleticism has been in my life for a long time. I'm okay. I'm a masochist. That's what they they say. You know, I <laughs> I love pain. I love being in the gym. So. I love roles that where I can constantly be in shape. Like my biggest people that I'm a big a big fan of, Wesley Snipes, yes. Schwarzenegger, yes. Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone, of course The Rock. You know, I come yes. from that era. You know, I come from um, um, Raw Deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if, you, if you know anything about Arnold Schwarzenegger's work, you know Cobra with. with and then he comes and fucks you up with his shirt off <laughs> um, you know Wesley Snipes the bet on black and just yeah. I, I love I grew up on kick ass movies on VHS tapes yep. and, and, and I've absorbed them I will always press Some rewind and yeah. I, you don't know how great a film is until you watch it on VH, VHS tape <laughs> and then you press that rewind button, and it goes all the way back to the one the very beginning, and they click, and you're like, oh, press play again. And you have yeah. three, movies. <laughs> you three movies on your VHS tape that you had on there, and then you had it written on there on the little sticker. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. God. So, oh, like, yeah. Go to my child. Have a like, snap off the little tabs. You don't tape over it by mistake. Right. My childhood was incredible. I don't even know how I recorded all of these movies. <laughs> Think. Every household had the best. We were the best bootleggers. We had oh, all the VHS tapes and all the three movies, movies I would watch per tape. <laughs> three movies, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Star Wars trilogy and all three. And it was great because it's it's it was such a time you didn't have to you couldn't skip you couldn't do all of that right you just watch it and right. then when it was over you press rewind and you watch it again yeah. you know yeah. you yeah. couldn't stop it on when the movie. In the yeah. middle, you just have to go back That's to the great, beginning. Of it. <laughs> speaking, yeah. of, so, um, speaking of videotapes, my mom used to always tape um, her soaps each day, like Days Are Alive. So I see here you were in Days Are Alive. How was oh, that experience yeah. um, being such an iconic um, soap like that? Once again, they were they embraced me really well. I love that show. I love one of the biggest things I love about them is the efficiency. You get there by 10 o'clock a.m. and you're done at 12. Oh right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they do not play. I love how they have you, you. You come there, and I'm the biggest person of preparation. Preparation meets opportunity meets success, and you build relationships. People love to see someone get on there, especially the actor if they're not familiar with you and you know all of your lines and you're executing them right. um, exquisitely. I love that because I, you know, little funny thing. I don't know why. I just always felt like I just wanted to have a teardrop on a soap opera one day. <laughs> Yeah. I gotta, I gotta have a teardrop in scene. Right. And, we, we, and lo and behold, I was auditioning for so many soaps. General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, you know, nice. uh, One Life to Live. And I never booked one. And finally, I got Days of Our Lives. And, and the scene that I had was, was a tear-jerking scene. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I auditioned for that, I saw the actors in the room. And I was just talking to you just like this, like just having a good time, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm here. The scene leads up to the actor having a conversation, and then he cries. Yeah, guys are in the room with red eyes already. 
And I know that's a big no-no. You can't go in. That's cheating. You can't make yourself cry and go in and try to hold it and then say, go in and let it go. All right, all right. So I was I was really in the moment and I got in and it, it really touched them. And it said, and that was I remember that's what the casting director said. She said, You're the only one that came in and didn't have watery eyes. Wow. Came in. Wow. You were you were you were where the character was supposed to be in the beginning of the scene, and then you got there towards the end. And that's a, that's that's something that we learn um as um actors, as thespians, is to be in a moment. Don't try to cheat the moment. You know what I'm saying? This world is really authentic authentic when it comes to being vulnerable is no one likes a victim you don't want to walk into a situation looking like a victim yep. will smith you know he is incredible with that will i will is um uh, is an incredible actor when it comes to that when you look at the i am legends and he looks like mm-hmm. he has so much going on inside of him but um working with them on days of our lives i did that one episode and then they called me back to do two more so wow awesome you know Congratulations. the relationships appreciate it man Awesome. Well, Sean, we thank you so much for taking time to talk with us here on Below the Belt Show. Before we let you go, if you could, do a little promo. Let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Lazarus. Let's, let us know you're on Below the Belt and whatever you want at the end. <laughs> What's going on? This is Sean Riggs. I am on Below the Belt. Not above, Below the Belt. An incredible <laughs> show. Make sure you check out Lazarus. It's coming out. February 26th on Tubi. Fox's streaming platform is going to be incredible. Um, one love to everybody out there. You can check me out on my Instagram at I am Sean Riggs. Spell my name right. S-E-A-N. It's the Irish spelling. Chicago <laughs> spelling. I am Sean Riggs. And I'm looking forward to giving you guys more into this universe. And I thank you guys for having me. You guys are beautiful souls. And Lazarus won't be taking any of your souls. <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus versus Thanos. Yes, yes. Right, right. <laughs> hey, that's, a, that, that's a good thing. I mean, I'm sure if he would have had that, he would have had the powers of the hand. Right away. <laughs> Sean, thanks. That was a great interview. Thank you so much, man. You have thank a great you, night. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. All right. You see you later. Peace. Guys, that was Sean Riggs. Lazarus. Check it out. Wasn't he great? He's so positive. It's like, it's like. I like that positive energy. Oh, my God. It's everything he goes for. He finds a way to do it. It's pretty incredible. What what a great interview. Well, and then you can tell people just want to do stuff for him because he's such a nice guy that they're like, okay, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll help you out. He's constantly getting that. And he's a good actor. He puts it out first and it comes back to him. Yeah, yeah. got to check out his work on... I, uh, I can't wait to see him in more projects, um, for sure. Yeah, I think he'll go uh, far, just with that the attitude he has. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, wow, we better wrap it up shortly, as uh, people yeah. might, may or may not have to work tomorrow, but <laughs> just a couple more things before I wrap up tonight's show, guys. Um, time job here. I know, right? We're having so much fun here on BTB. Uh, so, some news quickly on The Simpsons. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson will be taking over the role of Dr. Hibbert, um, replacing Harry Shearer, who played, who portrayed um, the character since 1990. As you know, the character is black. And of course, you know, every black animated character has to now be voiced by a black actor. That's just kind of how the way it is now. Wait a minute. Is this guy a real doctor? Yes, Dr. Hibbert is on The Simpsons. No, 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 the, uh, the voice actor. Is he a real doctor? He's not a real doctor, but he's a real no. black. No, oh, he's not a real doctor. Okay. He's not a real doctor. <laughs> right. But yeah, Ke- but Kevin Michael Richardson, he voices um, 
Uh, he voiced um, the the son of uh, Cleveland from the Cleveland. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, he's a great voice actor. So the chubby son. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah, he was funny. Wasn't he funny? Yeah. Um, and um, as you know, Marshall Wallace died unexpectedly in 2013. Um, her character was Bart's teacher and Ned Flanders' second wife. Um, and they didn't weren't able to really do a proper send off until now. Um, Interesting. Up- I always wondered about that. Yeah, they they actually um did a, a sh- um the episode called Diary Queen. Bart discovers Mrs. Crapapple's diary and discovers how much she really believed in him and inspires him. And this was actually taken from previous episodes. So they did very, something very similar to when um, Isaac Hayes, who played Chef on South Park, they just took a lot of his uh, old dialogue and, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And changed it around and stuff. They're doing something, they did something very similar um, for that on The Simpsons. So that was cool. Um. So, um, I mean, yo, so uh, there's a new docuseries called Alan versus Pharaoh on HBO. It's a four-part documentary film from Amy Ziering, um, Kirby Dick. And it's um, basically what happened when seven-year-old Dylan Farrow, the daughter of Mia Farrow and Woody Allen, accused their, her father of sexually abusing her in 1992. Um, and it kind of got... Um, Woody Allen trending again, you know, because he's he's basically the original Me Too, um, you know, uh, accused person, basically, um, was Woody Allen. Um, also, James Franco, he actually just uh, reached a settlement with his uh, students uh, that was that were suing him for um, basically what James Franco did was uh, with two of his film students, they reenacted a scene and. Uh, I think he actually got very method with the scenes that he was shooting with these actresses. And apparently um, they settled it. Um, two of the Franco's former students, and this is his now defunct Studio Four uh, school in New York. Um, and with the settlement, they have to drop their original claims against James Franco. Huh. Um, and Chris Dahlia, comedian, um, another victim of the recent Me Too movement, addressed his sexual misconduct allegations um, against him on YouTube. There's a 10-minute YouTube video uh, of him apologizing, you know, saying that, you know, talking about the lies that he tells friends and his fiance and saying that he's basically sorry um, for everything. And, and he's per- he pretty much admits to having a problem with sex addiction. Um, and uh, you can see it on a very, very candid uh, apology on his on um, on YouTube, which is also part of his podcast as well. Um, um, another uh, Me Too uh, um, news bit is Gerard Depardieu. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. He was indicted um, in December for re- allegations of rape and sexual assault. Um, an actress accuses Depardieu of raping and assaulting her at, a, at his Paris home in 2018. Jesus, man. So there's always some scumbags out there, guys, no doubt. Um, um, did you guys know that Aaron Rodgers and um, and Shailene Woodley are engaged? Like, no. they kept their relationship very on the DL. I was actually surprised to read, uh, to read this. Um, 
but she was actually on um Shailene was recently on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show and confirmed the engagement and said that they're engaged and she's talked about how she didn't know Aaron Rodgers as the football guys, you know, he's the quarterback for the Packers. And she actually says she's never been to a football game. <laughs> so it's basically I guess she was just introduced through high profile friends, I guess, and wasn't in love with Aaron Rodgers for the the quarterback of the Packers. I find that kind of crazy that she's she's never been to a football game, yet she's engaged to probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> I find that kind of hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds sketchy. This is this is before this is before meeting Aaron Rodgers. So basically him being um a Packer or you know, the quarterback of the Packers had no, you know, factor in her falling for him, I guess, you know? So I thought that was kind of interesting. Never happens to the janitor, does it? Never happens to the janitor, but it will happen <laughs> to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Kim and Kanye are officially divorced, Chach. You said They're actually officially divorced, really? Yeah, oh, you, wow. I didn't know that. So you at first, I think they were separated, right? Or was it they were going to? But they actually, she, Kim actually filed for divorce from Kanye. Well, she filed, um, but they're not actually divorced yet, right? Well, she filed for divorce, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, but because I remember you sending us to me, I was like, I thought they were already divorced. But then you said that they were just separated at the time? I think so. Okay. I think I think there's rumors that they were having trouble. Okay. I, don't, I think it's the first time they actually like announced anything. Okay. we got to throw out our world, which is Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is breaking news. Hospitalized yesterday, sustained serious injuries in both its legs when his car flipped over. In a single car accident in a Rancho Palos Verdes, he was the only occupant of the vehicle. It occurred very early in the morning. I think he was on his way to like a photo shoot. Um, his legs are in serious condition, um, but his injuries are are not life threatening. So that's that's a positive thing. Whether he'll be the same to play the level of golf that he was playing, well, you know that remains to be seen. I hope you know. I hope so. I hope he'll be okay. I mean, do they know people, what happened? Like. Yeah, they're 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 looking at it as just purely an accident. I don't think they're thinking there was any drugs or alcohol. Yeah, I heard he was, I heard he was, was was like running late for an appointment, so he was yes. kind of rushing. Oh, I think wow. it was yeah. Yep, exactly. That he was basically rushing. Yeah. Never rush, people. Never rush. Yeah. <laughs> right. He had one of those Genesis GV80 SUVs. This is like the. Hyundai luxury line of SUV. I had to look it up because I wasn't yeah, sure he was, for Genesis. It wasn't his car either. I think like they gave it to him or something to use. Oh, I'm sure. So, so yeah, so like he wasn't, he probably wasn't used to driving that car. Oh. And of course, yeah. that's not the way Genesis wanted to promote their vehicle by giving it to Tiger. They wanted him to to drive it and promote, you know, because hey, I'm in this new Genesis. And of course, sadly, Genesis was totaled. So, um, oh. um, horrible. Of course, you want to wish also Bob Dole. But yeah, I mean, if he well, if he survives, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah. He survives. He's gonna be okay. So oh, okay. that's a pretty good endorsement for the car, then, right? Yeah. Um, like, oh yeah, that it was safe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. It, it, I'm Tiger Woods. Like I remember, like I saw uh, um, this would be this old um show called That's Incredible. These would be uh, people that could do like really cool things that you know above the normal. And he was actually on that, you know, as a kid with his dad golfing, and, and that, he might have been like four years old or something like that. Just like knocking the golf ball really far as as a little kid, so it's pretty cool that he um, just grew up, became you know the best golfer ever. Yep. Hopefully he can can continue with that. Yep. Uh, well, wishes go out to Tiger Woods, and of course also 
uh, Senator uh, Bob Dole. Um, he actually uh, has uh, stage four lung cancer, and I know Chachi yeah. talked about Rush Limbaugh uh, yeah. passing away. Also, stage four, due, yeah, stage four is bad. Cancer. Yeah, lung cancer think, as well. I think stage four is this pretty much like terminal, right? Yeah, uh, Dole actually is 97 years old, so that's you know that's, that's certainly um, an age that's going to be very challenging. Yeah, he uh, ran yeah. against um, Bill Clinton. What was it? 90. Um, 1996. 96. Yep. Yep. I gotta give a shout out for my boy, The Miz. Mike, The Miz, Mizanin. It's been a buddy of mine from the old Real World days. We used to promote Real World events back in Power Plant and different bars. Day Cafe. Yes, he is the WWE champion. He used the Money in the Bank to interfere in the match, uh, the Elimination Chamber match. Drew McIntyre retained his title. Bobby Lashley effed him up. And then Miz uh, hit the finisher uh, skull-crushing finale. One, two, three for the win. But the thing was, Bobby Lashley said, I helped you out. You got to give me my first title shot. I have a feeling I know what's going on with this angle. Miz is not going to have the title very long. Lashley is challenging Miz next week on Raw. And then we're probably going to see McIntyre versus Lashley for the title. That's what's probably going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. But this I think that's first, what's going to happen. This is his first championship um, No, this is his second. Okay. Yeah, he, 10 years ago, he won the Money in the Bank. Um, and then he actually defended against John Cena at WrestleMania. And I believe he won by DQ or something like that. So he he, he actually made a event at WrestleMania uh, that one year that he had the belt. So. Wow. Good for the Miz. Right. Yeah, good for the former real world um <laughs> yeah former real, real, real world reality, reality, reality star, reality yeah. star now WWE champion and, and an old buddy of mine so his other one his other one was on the real world like you know pretending to be the rock you know with the with the championship belt and stuff yeah. like back yeah. then back so then another person all... who like just lived out their dreams like that yeah, yeah great so i hope he retains the title next weekend's bobby lashley's we'll see what happens but nonetheless the miz is a two-time WWE champion also a double grand slam champion that means that means he's Won every major title, tag title, U.S. title, intercontinental title. Um, but yeah, the Elimination Chamber match uh, with with Drew was 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 pretty exciting. Had uh, AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Orton. Um, but the opening um, Elimination Chamber with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Jey Uso, and Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro saw Daniel Bryan win that one. That was actually the better of the two matches i i'd say um daniel bryan won and then of course got squashed by roman reigns but the great thing about that match edge speared roman reigns and announced that he's challenging roman reigns at wrestlemania church so the wrestlemania main event set wow roman reigns will be defending the universal championship against edge so we'll see what happens there um and i'm really surprised the big show paul white has signed with AEW. Um, he's been with WWE for over 20 years, um, but he'll also be a commentator on the AEW Dark Elevation show as well. But um, yeah, like, I'm I really mean, shocked. you would figure that he would want to retire where his um, dad retired. Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't you? His dad, Andre the Giant. Yeah. It's, it's he with WWE. It's not his dad. <laughs> And of course, we already announced rest in peace to um, Mark Morales of the Fat Boys. Yeah. Also, not the Martha Stewart we all know, but Martha Stewart, the actress, um, 
who starred along Joan Crawford and Humphrey Borgart in Daisy Kenyon and in a Lonely Place had passed away at the age of 98. Also, Fernando Hidalgo, Cuban-born actor, TV host, and comedian, died from complications of COVID-19, guys. Oh, um, that sucks. He was 78. Um, yeah, he did a lot um, of... Um, of projects in Cuba, Puerto Rico, um, and he did sketch comedy shows called Las Casados Felices, El Show de Fernando Hidalgo. Um, so there you go. And with Death We Celebrate Life, Mandy Moore's and Mom, This Is Us star announced the arrival of her son, August Aww. Harrison. And people <laughs> celebrating birthdays today. That's right. Um, so Jenny O'Hara from Transparent, The Minji Project is 79. Actor Barry Boswick is 76. Edward James Olmos is 74. Deborah, uh, Deborah Jo Rupp from That 70 Show and WandaVision, if you didn't, if you don't remember, she was actually in the early episodes of WandaVision. Um, yes, I did. I, I remember. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah, I love that. She was great in that. Um, uh, Beth Broderick from Sabrina Teenage Witch is 62. Um, Michelle Schacht is 59. Billy Zane is 55. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Titanic. Actor Wilson Bethel of Hard Dixie 37. Alexander Koch of Under the Domes 33. And Daniel Kaluuya from Black Panther, Get Out. He's 32 today. And rapper, rapper actor O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is the son of Ice Cube. From straight out of Compton, he's 30 today. That's birthdays. Um, Ice Cube's son's 30. I mean, yeah. think about that for a minute. <laughs> right? <Crazy>. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time to wrap up tonight's show, guys. We always end with the cool cut, and I got a special you any, interview. Do you have any personal um, birthdays to give a shout-out? Oh, uh, yeah, my dad. My dad uh, My dad uh, celebrated his birthday on Monday. Oh, okay. happy birthday. Is that, is that, is that who you had in mind? Dad? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Happy birthday, Mr. Soto. Yeah, and last week uh, was my sister's birthday. So February is a big month for the Soto family for birthdays. Awesome. Happy yeah. birthday to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for reminding me, Chachi. Yeah. All right, so um, cool. the Cool Cuts, no surprise here, guys. It's all about Daft Punk, guys. It's Daft Punk decided to call it a day. I mean, they're the, the – the, I mean, the they paved the way for electronic music, guys. I mean, they basically um, – were so influential in the world of EDM, dance music, you know, they wore their crazy helmets. Yeah. There's a funny meme of uh, Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, <laughs> yeah. and they said this is the Daft Punk, but it's really not. That's, I mean, right. pretty funny. Uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I mean, I decided, you know what, let's just go with the popular song um, with Pharrell Williams called Get Lucky from 2013. Okay. To close out tonight's show, Daft Punk. Um, Deciding to call today after 28 years. I mean, it's been a long career. But you figure now would be the perfect time to stay together, like during COVID and stuff. You already yeah. have the helmets. You don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a good time to keep yeah. going. But 28 years is definitely fatigue, I'm sure. So I'm sure they're going to do their own solo projects. And who knows if they'll do another reunion down, down the road. Yeah, they've been they've been around the world, right? Yeah. Punk. And after that... World. My world. interview with Click on This TV with the band The Sweet Remains, actor Greg Naughton, um, and his band members Rich and Brian, their um, semi-autobiographical film called The Independence, which is available on video on demand, and had a nice film festival run as well. 
Fun film, by the way, if you guys get a chance to see it. Um, that's going to end tonight's show uh, at the end of the program. So, The Cool Cut, Daft Punk, closing out with a click on this interview with The Sweet Remains. And I'm Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto. Of course, the rest of the panel, the one and only King of the 80s, Chachi McFly. See ya. The one and only, the lovely cosplayer extraordinaire, Anna B. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. You're always there. It was a pleasure. (laughs) I hope we didn't keep you up too late. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) And of course, actor Sean Riggs, thanks so much for an awesome interview. Make sure you check out his film, Lazarus, on Vito and the Man and Chachi. Uh, Maybe maybe you can see it. If you'd like to, you can watch it. Um, It's available for uh, video on demand. Um, Great guy. Great interview, guys. Check it out. Maybe, Maybe I'll watch it on VHS. You watch on VHS. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> on behalf <laughs> of the panel here, guys, here's the cool cut with Get Lucky by Daft Punk, followed by my interview with the Sweet Remains. Woo. All right. See you guys next week. Until then, peace. peace. film to promote called The Independence. So let's go ahead and introduce the band, please. If you can introduce yourselves and your role in the film and the band. Greg Naughton. And Greg, you're both the writer of the script and you're also one of the band members. You write songs. Yes, we all do. We are the, the, the rare these days uh, three-headed monster. The nice. triple threat. I call you guys the triple threat. <laughs> collaborative effort you don't want to see us dance but yeah all right and brian if you could hi i'm brian chartrand i play the role of brian in the independence uh and i'm uh one of the guitar players and and songwriters of of the sweet remains all right and rich hey guys 
I'm Rich and I'm coming to you live from Burlington, Vermont, where I live. And I play the role of Rich in the movie. All right. So I guess the first thing I have to ask, guys, um, I guess it's fictionalized versions of yourselves. But if you could talk to us about the parallels or the similarities between the band and your journey versus what we saw in the independence. Sure, you want to jump into that, Richie? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as, as Greg might tell you, um, he wrote this film really as a fable, as sort of a exaggerated uh, version of us and of the experiences we've had over the years. Uh, you know, we've been together 14 years, but each of us has had, had a career as solo artists before this. And, you know, we've just, we've just had an incredible set of, um, things happen to us that are, you know, both good and bad that, that I think Greg realized would make a really interesting story. Well, the script is very well written and I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, the, the ride, the ups and downs. I think many artists can relate to this, but there's a lot of symbolism in this. So I really wanted to talk about if you can fill us in on the symbolism and, you know, you guys put me in a bad spot because I really love this, but I don't want any spoiler alerts. <laughs> but I love the reference in, of Oz. So if you could tell us about that. Well, you know, maybe there's are a few spoiler alerts to be had here, but we won't spoil anything big, hopefully. Um, you know, I mean, that's I wouldn't call that heavy duty, uh, high art, literary symbolism. But to the extent that our journey uh, becomes sort of this. Uh, Wizard of Oz journey, like a lot of musicians on a quest to try and make music their lives or a life in music, you know, you're always heading towards the Oz and what is the Oz. And uh, yes, I'm glad you picked up on that uh, fun little um, little uh, bread trail in the, in the film. And uh, I, I don't want to say too much more than that. He did a great job. You're yeah. Cameos in this. You have an amazing group of character actors. Can do you want to throw out some names there? Tell us who's in the film with you. Well, we got Richard Kind, who is yes. sort of a, a featured uh, co-star in this, playing the manager of the band. And uh, as I've <clears throat> said before, I wrote this with him in mind. I like couldn't, I couldn't write a line without thinking and picturing him say it. So I called him, um, and I've been friends with him for a long time from, from my theater days and stuff because I started out actually running a, a indie theater company in the city um, and he uh, he immediately said yeah I'm there I don't even need to read the script Greg because that's I said, amazing I said if you if you say no to this you're gonna break my heart because that's all, all I've done the whole time is think of you mm -hmm. so he was obviously a, a great asset to this and he, he kills it um, and then we have George Went, who yes, uh, Norm from Cheers, <laughs> Cheers, who was awesome, uh, just a great guy and a friend of my family for a long time. So again, I called him and he's like, "I'm there." Um, who else we got? Uh, Chris Sullivan, Chris Sullivan, buddies, uh, and who plays Toby on This Is Us has a, a nice cameo in it. And he's also, I think, a lot of people know this now. They may not have known it um, a few years ago, but he's a musician like a great musician oh and, he was i mean i was just really yeah. impressed yeah that's amazing he just had an album that came out as well that's worth checking out i love it and 
he goes under the name uh, uh, oh he's got it's, it's not under Chris Sullivan but if you check his pages his new name is uh, what is it something the spouse it's not Joey, jo- jo- Joseph the spouse Joseph the spouse, <laughs> Joseph the spouse. Yeah. well so, I'd like if so. I could guys I'd like to ask what aspects of the film are based on true events and what is fictionalized you want to ask a specific, uh, specific? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing if some of the um, experiences that you you had as as a band um, were 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 true stories. Well, I I I have one that I think um, was is definitely taken from our shared experience as a band, and that was mm-hmm. that we really the first time we all played together was in a hotel room. Um, mm-hmm. In in reality, uh, we had been on a tour. And uh, Rich and I were traveling across the country and Rich had played with Greg before, um, but we had never all met and played together. Um, and uh, Rich said to Greg that he should join us that night. And, and we literally met um, in our hotel room and, and kind of from the first moment that uh, we decided, well, what, you know, what songs are we even going to play tonight? Um, we all kind of have a, a, a natural, we, we fall in, it kind of naturally organically uh, vocally but also you know musically so um that part of the film uh certainly is a direct reflection of of how we met and the first time we made music together but i think sorry well i was going to say that's the most charming thing about your film that you guys have such different characters is it okay it's i'm not doing a spoiler alert by saying the different characters right we have (laughs) One character is working in a collegiate atmosphere. Then Brian, your character is like a hippie. Vagabond. With, you hippie know, some right issues now. with peace. <laughs> and then Greg's character is like, uh, works on cutting down trees. And, Weed whacker. And you just, you so just there is, an, there is an element in, in, uh, of truth to all of those things. Rich comes from a family of academics. He's probably the, the highest uh, achieving academic in the group and oh, cool. you know, got his <laughs> master's in history at Oxford and all kinds. Oh, wow. Okay. Of- so there are a lot of parallels. Here. Yeah. Actual, and uh, I actually, characters. my day job for years was, was, you know, being a climber, cutting trees and, and stuff. My, ah, my favorite day job. Okay. And uh, Brian is definitely a homeless. And if you guys can think of a place to, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for a place to crash. Actually, yeah, that, that's definitely the biggest stretch in the film. But um, yeah, you know, I think what I wanted to catch about Brian is that he's this sort of uh, sneaky, funny guy who I wanted to put him in, in these really exaggerated situations where we might get to see him have to deal with crazy circumstances. And when we first all met, he definitely was like that first time we played in that hotel room, he was this big, long haired, uh, hippie looking dude. And so uh, all of that start, sort of filtered into the story. And Rich, do you actually play guitar bottomless on, on the usual? Bottomless. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Uh, yes, you do. Are you wearing pants right now, Rich? <laughs> no, no. All right, please stay that's, seated. Yeah, that's, yeah. One of, that's, one of the, that's one of the great things about COVID is, uh, you know, you, you have no idea if I'm wearing pants or not. <laughs> it's like we're back to the, the film. Is it art imitating life or life imitating art? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what keeps us guessing for question. sure. 
Um, there's actually an interesting quote from, um, I believe it was Greg, your fictionalized character, that digital destroyed music. Do you agree with that? Uh, how, how, how all music has become digital? and I don't think you could say anything like that, that that's going to be that absolute. Um, yeah. You know, it's certainly a lot grayer than that, but this character and this version of, of me uh, certainly suspects there are elements of truth in that, that we're still trying to grapple with what the whole digital revolution has done to music. It's made a whole lot harder. It's made certain things easier. And mm -hmm. I don't know that we've caught up yet to how to uh, meld all that together, you know, to make it work. And I mean that in all different kinds of ways, both artistically, it's so much easier now to send, um, you know, files around and do this all digitally. Correct. Because that's how we're making music right now, the three of us, you know, we can't be in the same room. So we're doing this, you know, throwing files around. But on the other hand, not being in the same room together, making music is not necessarily the ideal solution for making music, you know. So there's that, and then monetarily, it's just a, it's a, it's a wild world out there right now as an indie artist. Because yes. All these outlets like you guys are providing right here for us to actually reach people on a, on a grassroots level. But on the other hand, like you know, streaming has totally devalued what our creations are worth. Um, so that's just the, an interesting dilemma we're stuck in and, and hopefully at some point it'll all get fixed in the wash. Well, to help you guys out, <laughs> your, your music is great. Do you want to go ahead and mention on here where the audience can purchase your music? No. Okay. It's a secret. It really, we, we don't, 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 don't tell anybody. Uh, actually, we have a, a website, thesweetremains.com, anywhere you Google in the, the Sweet Remains will come up. And uh, of course we have a Shopify page and that sort of thing that we'd love to, to sell through because we get the highest percentage of all that sort of thing. But you can find us pretty much uh, anywhere on iTunes and, and the dreaded Spotify's and all that sort of thing. I said dreaded. But, <laughs> we know you mean it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we're fortunate to have a lot of love from Spotify, which yeah. is great. And that's actually kept us going. Yeah. But you guys are just so talented. I mean, that the I mean, it's true. I, I don't really I can't really think of any bands that have the three part vocalizing, harmonizing um, appeal that the three of you have. Um, I guess growing up, what were your musical influences and, and um, who contributed to being the artists you guys are today? Well, I guess I, I can kick that off uh, because I think it's one of the I think it's one of the things that um, makes our music relatively interesting is that we kind of all have different uh, backgrounds and, and influences. Um, I mean, personally, for me, uh, I, you know, first time I heard James Taylor was the first time I thought I, I could actually sing because up until that point, I was listening to pop music on, on the radio and mm -hmm. I was just infatuated with like Prince and, I, and, and, and Queen. And I just, I couldn't sing like that. But then I heard James Taylor and thought, oh, I can actually sing. I mean, it's not as good, but I can at least sing that range, you know? Um, <clears throat> so that was a big influence on, on me vocally and, and with guitar. Um, and then of course, uh, I have to mention Steely Dan and, and their arrangements and, 
that certainly affected how I write. So that's, that's, that, those were my influences. Greg and Rich? Well, yeah, for- I, I'll jump in to say that, you know, part of what the, the genesis of this group was, was I met Rich before I met Brian, and as he was explaining, and we had collaborated for a little while and we're both big fans of Harmony stuff, like old the old super groups, the the, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and, yes. and the, and the, and the um, Eagles and such. And so we were doing a lot of Harmony, but we kept going, ah, I missed that third part, I missed that third part. So the day that we sat in that hotel room and he started playing the guitar, Brian did, and then dropped in a third vocal, I just remember that was like a moment, in one of those rare moments in your life where you're like, okay, something just radically just changed in, you know, my trajectory or what I'm going to be doing for the next uh, period of my life. And that was 14 years ago. Wow. And Rich? I think that um, that style that you have is what makes you so unique right now. And I actually miss that style quite a bit. So it was great to see Mm -hmm. it in the movie. I'd like to hear Rich's uh, influences. Yeah. For me, it sort of begins and ends with the Beatles. Uh, I'm a massive Beatles fan and um and I think you know like like Brian James Taylor Paul Simon um you know bands like the police yes. um you know I'm, I'm and you know so some of the more sort of contemporary artists I'm a huge fan of Patty Griffin um we're all big fans of uh, artists like Martin Sexton and Ray LaMontagne and, and John Mayer, his, his record born and raised from 2012 uh, was, was a huge record for me. David Gray is a, is a big influence. I mean, I, we could talk about this for, you know, all night. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So did you feel like uh, the film was a way to market the band more so, or were you, just trying to tell a story or was it a combination yeah, I don't think of both that was the the impetus uh, mm-hmm. at all at least from from my point of view i started sort of writing this little script uh in the closet uh figuratively speaking without you know letting them know about it until a certain okay. time. yeah i was like hey guys i kind of wrote this script based on you know mm-hmm. just trying to understand what this thing we're doing together means and what you know this really odd um, brotherhood slash uh, polygamous marriage thing of being in a band is all about. And uh, I think we're all naturally, you know, storytellers. We want to tell stories. And so that's really was the impulse for me. It's like, I just got an idea that we had all these crazy events and things that have happened to us. And what we were doing is really crazy and interesting. And I wanted to tell that story to study it, you know. Now, Greg, out of the three storytellers here, you are were originally the only actor, and and your dad is in here, playing a nice role. Your yeah. dad was great. So I'm just wondering. Um, I, I could not tell that the that that Rich and Brian were not actors. You you all seem so natural. Yeah. How was it for you guys acting the first time? It was. It was. Um, both thrilling and totally daunting. In fact, in the weeks leading up to the first day of production, I, I was still trying to convince Greg to uh, that that he'd made a terrible mistake. And um, <laughs> but it was it was really fun. And and you know, one thing we've talked about before is that because we have 
built over years of, of playing together a, a real sense of trust and a real sense of chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different type of performance, but it was, it was still, you know, especially in the, the, the music that we play, it's important for us that our music feels authentic and um, mm-hmm. true. And so I think, you know, in, in some strange way, it was, it was a, not a huge leap for us creatively. Yeah, I, yeah, yep. I would just say that, um, yeah, ha- ha- having not spent much time in front of a, 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 a camera, um, I think what I just went to the place of, I'm just hanging out with my buddies. And, and I, I think um, it was beneficial wow. that, the, that the characters weren't so far removed from who we were or didn't tap into that chemistry that we naturally have when we, when we are spending time together, hanging out and, and laughing and joking around. So um, it felt very natural in a, in a kind of, uh, I'm removed from my body looking at this situation, but I'm still just hanging out with my friends, you know? So I think that that's where I went personally. And you, you forget the camera, obviously, and you, you know, you spit out your lines and react yeah. and, and, but it's ultimately we were just, you know, having a ball. Well, you really took us on that journey. It was all very natural, very convincing. Very, you guys are, characters are very endearing. But, you know, we have a question about the name of the band. What made you switch it to Sweet Remains? From RGB? Yeah. Um, we really were RGB for, for a, a while in the beginning of this, but until we could come up with a name, we kept going, RGB, it's not, it's not great. What, we got to come up with another, another name. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in a way, The Sweet Remains would be a perfect title for this movie, but we didn't necessarily want to make it feel like the movie was just a promotional vehicle for the band. I wanted it to, to you know, stand on its own legs as a, as a story. But um, I think the way that we got to The Sweet Remains, like we spent, I don't know, was it a year or more just like throwing names at each other going, how about this? How about this? And it was the first one, I think we all kind of went, yeah, yeah, I like that. And I think part of the perspective was sort of the Phoenix from the Ashes idea. And, and it's, it's also what the story is about. It's these three solo artists who, for me, I'm speaking for me personally, and I know this, this is, there's an element of this in for certainly for Rich and as well, but we met at a moment where I was at a crossroads about whether I was gonna be able to make a life in music um, and continue to, to do it really at all. And so the moment that we did this and I was like, it rekindled my hope of, of being able to, my dream of being able to make music and make it such an important part of my life. And so that's where I think the Sweet Remains came out of. We'd all been through like, just the way this film starts where the guys were, are just at the absolute end of their rope with trying to live a life as artists. That's kind of where I was at. I love that. Brian and Rich, I was curious if you got the acting bug from, from doing this film. Would, would you like to do any more future acting work? Greg, I know that you've, you have some great credits on your IMDb, Greg, so I know you've already been there and done that. Um, but Rich and Brian, would you act again? I'd love to. And yeah. uh, we keep, you know, Greg is, keeps writing and, and, uh, and I keep saying, so what's, what's my role? And uh, so, far, so far he hasn't given me one yet. <laughs> yeah, I keep emailing Greg. He doesn't. Re- he doesn't reply. Um, 
So I'm looking for representation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the no. Grammys are coming up and we're going to see if Brian wins the first ever Grammy for acting. Uh, and if he does, that hopefully will open up uh, new avenues for his career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we're, we have bets on who's going to be the first to get their EGOT. <laughs> yes. Uh, Emmy, 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 Grammy, Grammy Oscar, Oscar, Tony. Tony. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So far, so far, we're 0 for 4. <laughs> Everybody's over four so far. <laughs> if you made this a series, I'd watch it because I just can see the experiences that you guys have as a trio endless. It's really great. That's true. Somebody's going to have to come up with a lot of money to make that happen. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought of a sequel for, for this film? We joke about it, but we yeah. got to get this one out there first. <laughs> <laughs> so well, Showing it, have you? Are you entering it in a lot of festivals? Is are you? Well, we did. We did the festivals. Uh, we had a great festival run with it. It really. Uh, it won some awards, and, and we have some nice, you know, write-ups, and people seem to yes. really enjoy it. So that was really encouraging. And then, um, you know, the distribution field is changing so rapidly. It's been hard to find a place for this because, as uh, you guys probably know, having watched it. It's kind of a rainbow unicorn in, uh, as I uh, started saying, in the world of, it doesn't fit in a real genre. There isn't a genre of this. Like, I think it yeah. might be the only example of a- uh, Musical drama. Narrative feature, like character drama yes, made by right. an actual band uh, that I can think of. So um, that and, and us being like three unknown, you know, um, uh, movie uh, personalities, it's definitely made it challenging to figure out where we fit in the distribution world. So we've, we've, you know, gone to, we have this great partnership with Giant Interactive and starting next week, we're really pleased that um, two of our favorite art house chains, Lemley and Angelica have picked it up for a virtual cinema run. Nice. They're closed down like all the cinemas Congrats. are in another challenge. And so they're going to run that. And then at March 9th is a wider window. You'll be able to get it everywhere, like your Apple TV and what have you. But if you go to the independencefilm.com, you'll always be able to find out where we are. And we'll have certain like events going on to, around this live stream events and other things that we'd love people to check in on. When did you shoot this film? This was a few years ago, yes? We kind of shot it over a couple of years, um, okay. in, in 2016 and then through oh. into 2017 and um, kind of around other tour dates and other releases and things we had. And to some extent, you know, as, as money and fundraising would allow. But, um, and then we went through a pretty long editing process where one of the great acts of hubris of writing your first script is I, the first cut of this was three hours long. <laughs> There's a whole other film on the floor somewhere. That you oh, wow. Watch. The yeah. director's cut is coming, I guess, right? Yeah. But we're, but we're talking a couple years of, of production. Yeah. Of, wow. I mean, not full-time production, no. But, I mean, it was. Yeah. We, we did a, a couple of big batches of shooting um, at different times. And, obviously, there's an L.A. component, which happened at a different time from the yes. East Coast component. And then once we got all that together and looked at all the footage, we're like, okay, well, we're missing this and this. And we got to be, be, we screwed up that scene. We got to fix that. So we came back later and did another batch of East Coast shooting and such like that. I commend you, you know, because honestly, in watching the film, I had no idea. I mean, usually that's kind of a, a, a scary thing because actors yeah. can change. They can either lose weight, gain weight, come back incredibly tan. 
And it's like, oh my gosh, you don't match. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I, there was a little stress about, I think Rich had continuity matches beard at one point and there was yeah. a little stress that, that wasn't, that he couldn't do it, but it, it, uh, I'm glad you didn't notice any continuity issues. That's yeah. Cool. That, I think I, I saw a glimmer of an in and out cup to show that you're in LA. Was, was that the case? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, were, we were in LA for sure. Yeah. in and out holds, holds a special place in, in our heart, mine, <laughs> mine and Brian, especially because the very first time that uh, Brian and I ever hung out, uh, I picked him up from the airport in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, are you hungry? He said, yeah. So we went straight to In-N-Out Burger, and, and that was that was our first date, so to speak. That's the <laughs> L.A. staple. Yes, yeah. I love it. That's awesome, guys. Wow, what an incredible interview, guys. Uh, for, Thanks thank for having you me. so much for talking to us here on Click On This. And um, we always yeah, like to music end. Was great. The music was great. And there's one question yes. LA, that needs oh, to get out. Yes. Um, the, the music to the film, is that going to be available for people? The well, music to the film is kind of available because what I ultimately did was used uh, our whole, you know, four four albums worth of music as the sort of storyline to to the whole movie. So all of the music is pre-existing music. Obviously, they're they're unique and live versions that we did live to tape in in the in the movie. At some point, we may put out like a playlist type of thing, or maybe we, you know, these days is anybody making CDs much anymore? We might make a CD of it. But um, yeah, you can get it at thesweetremains.com. You can find links to, but anywhere, anywhere you get your music, uh, all the stuff, all the songs here are in, are in there. Awesome. And I see theindependencefilm.com, the official website. The of the movie, film. Right? And, and one you- last question, Greg. Sure. Did your dad, he was, he was just so cute in this. Did you guys get a real kick out of acting together as a father and son duo in this? It, it was a gas. Yeah, that was really fun. And, um, and, and interesting, you know, like, as anybody uh, who has a father knows, <laughs> it's there's that dynamic is always fun and interesting. And so I do remember there was like, there was one moment where I was trying very um, carefully to give him a, a certain note. Um, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, the, the dynamic of giving your dad, mm-hmm. especially when your dad's a two time Tony Award winning actor. Yes. Uh, a, a and you know much more experienced than all of us a note so, something was happening where that was being glossed over and brian was trying to i don't know if you were trying to like uh to, to smooth what you thought might be an awkward moment or what it was going on but then i remember my dad going it's okay brian i i think he's trying <laughs> to give me a note <laughs> awesome and, and he stopped and listened okay and then we did Four. we totally took it on board um but Greg's dad, Greg's dad is a is an incredible guy and obviously an amazing actor and, and he's been an important part of this band really since the beginning because you know he's he's been a supporter but he's also been the fourth in our ping pong battle. Oh, nice! I mean, for years, <laughs> where you know we all, we all live all over the country, so we tend to have like somebody's home base to hit no matter where we are. I love and it. We we're hitting where my dad lives. We would generally stay there. And he would be so psyched for us to come. So he's like, all right, I got the beer and the fridge. I got the cooler. I got to put the ping pong table up. We're going to play a ping pong. And uh, yeah, most nights it'll be like, dad, we got to go to bed. We got a gig tomorrow. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, let's party. 
Uh, oh, we didn't mention his name, James, right? James. Yeah. And and we can look- forget about your wife too. Your wife's in the film. My right? wife plays uh, Kelly. She is Kelly O'Hara uh, with an I, but she plays Kelly with a Y. See what you did there. That's sneaky. Ah, that's sneaky. That's, she's got that kind of a reach. slightly different there with the name there. <laughs> she's got that kind of reach. I love that. I love how it's uh, a family affair because you guys, uh, as a band, are family. And Greg, you you put your own family in the f- film, which I think is great. Yeah, my and, sister's in there too. My sister plays wow. uh, plays the 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 proprietress of that. Uh, What's the name of the end? The Goshen Inn, when we all have that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. your sister. And I think, I, weren't your, your kids? I mean, I, I know Owen. There was boy. a scene that the kids were going to be in, uh, in yeah. the background, but, uh, but then that got cut. Wow. Amazing. And well, guys. still speaking to you? <laughs> Who? Your my kids? kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, my, my son, there's a moment you guys probably noticed uh, when... Uh, Rich and Brian are out in the field, and at the end of the big scene, oh, freaks yes. out, and he just, you know, he's 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 drop the f bomb, right? Who's never cursed in his life? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and you hear suddenly you hear from way off, you hear a little kid yell, you know, "F you, f you." That was my son. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. He loved okay. it. He loved doing that. He's like, he's like really? I, I can say this? <laughs> he was only like. Seven, I think. Uh, so it was kind of mind blowing to him. That's awesome. hilarious. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been an incredible interview, guys. The Independence, of course, check out the website for information on where you can see this film, video on demand um, next week, right? Available on yep. video on we demand. have some events going. No matter if you're in different places, there is an actual physical screening in Fairfield, Connecticut on the 27th. A uh, very limited seating, though, because of the COVID protocol. Of course, yeah. But and then we're doing some events on the 25th. I think we're going to be doing a live stream event. Um, and but all that stuff's going to be posted and, and advertised over the weekend on on our website. So check them out. The independent. Well, thank you so much, guys. We'll be following you, and please stay safe. Mm-hmm. I see really great things coming in the future. You guys yeah. are phenomenal. You guys are great. Last talking thank with you. you. Thank you. And before you, so you guys go, if we could do, do a quick little promo, let us know who you are. You're on Click on This. Plug for the film. Brian, you got it. Me? Yeah, do it. We are The Sweet Remains. We're here promoting our film, The Independence. Uh, thanks for clicking on this, on Click on This. And uh, yeah, I'm crafty. <laughs> and we hope to see you soon. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Bye. Take care. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. That was great. Great film. Congrats. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain.